psycho. I'm not a psycho. I'm a podcast. Cyborg? Is that yeah. right? It doesn't really work, but no. No. So what Griffin will do words. is he'll take a quote from the movie. Yes. Yeah. And then he'll put podcast in I'll there. Destroy it. And now obviously uh, for this miniseries, we're doing movies that are mostly in another language. Yes. So it's even worse what you're doing, really. <laughs> Yeah, but by the way, we're coming off a miniseries where all the films were silent. That's true. The last miniseries we did, I'm talking to our guests. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know why you're talking. I'm so me. confused, David. Who are you talking to? <laughs> I Is know. Is this even a podcast? Uh, was Buster Keaton. So they, those were silent. So that was a real challenge for you. Right. It's true. Yes. Sometimes I'll do taglines. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I do quotes. But it does get more difficult when it's a, when it's a foreign film. We've covered other foreign films before. I think it's more difficult is uh, I'm already bad at impressions. Okay. <laughs> right? But when you're doing a, a, a foreign film and it's like, I'm going to do the American translation of the line, which means I'm totally losing the line reading. Right, 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 right. I can't even approximate how they performed it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Wait, where did you watch the movie? Like on what platform? I look. I'm not trying to like fucking big dog you. I'm not trying to like come in here trying to show off. Okay. You know, you're a first time guest. We're excited to have you. I did import a Blu-ray from England. I went, I got. Whoa. I yes. didn't even know that was possible. Never, foreign Blu-ray. And I got David a copy. You got well. me a copy I got too. a deal. I there sent a, you a copy. You did. Well, I was We sent you a Google Drive link. The Google yeah. Drive link didn't have subtitles. So there was a moment Fuck. where I was like. Are David and Griffin secretly fluent do you in Korean? With Korean? I do. I just okay. Watched so the you did okay. Fine. Okay. All right. I um, the version I had, have, but I think there is something tough about sending subtitled. Sometimes it doesn't you have work. To download it. Oh, okay. So but like that's my I fault. refuse. In the player, but I think I could, did okay. think like, well, Karen might Karen probably speaks Korean. Like, yeah, I, yeah. so maybe I wasn't as worried. What, about no, it was fine. It is, I mean, I, I just know you've lived in Korea. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know too much about your life. Oh no. Okay, that's fine. But I think, you know, I figured, well, anyway, if, if you did, hadn't understood the movie, you probably would have gotten in touch. Right, yes. But it was still, I don't know, a passive error on my part. Uh, no, David, no David and I are big uh, uh, physical media simps. We are. Okay. Uh, and yeah, I didn't know people still had Blu-ray. Oh, oh this is disgusting. These you have two to guys. <laughs> These two guys have too many of them. I have so many Blu-rays. I say as someone who's fucking having to move Blu-rays over from You're one apartment them, to another. Are you moving them over? Yeah, yeah. All of them? No, I'm, I'm paring down a little bit. And they buy physical media, uh -huh. Karen, of like for movies they don't like. Wait, why? I don't know. This is not. Okay. I would say that's not entirely. True. That's not entirely true. There is a little bit of completism with movies we are covering on the podcast. It can be fun to right yeah. to have to look and go like ah the history of doing this show. I don't regularly buy movies I don't like. Sometimes there's a movie I don't like by a director we're covering, uh -huh. and I'm like, well, we have the disc. How many discs do you I have? I can't answer them. Too much. I can probably find a picture. Oh, wow, do you not have the internet? Is that what's happening? Dude, but Karen, <laughs> what if that was the issue? <laughs> He's like, I've never figured out my Wi-Fi password. We tried to hook it up, but I don't know. The plug <laughs> yeah. doesn't work. Remember when Colin Quinn um, held up an iPhone charger plug for us? <laughs> We've never said this on mic. Can we say it on mic or can we can not? We, let's say this on uh, mic with all respect. Wait, yeah, is this currently recording for the podcast? This yeah. is oh, right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. We this, we're happening. deep in the podcast. Yeah. We're let's in say it. This. I'm going to try and find you my DVD show. It's been like show. two years now. Colin yeah. Quinn was a lovely man. Yeah, lovely yeah. man. And, and, we, and we'd like to have him back on the show. And he took time out of his schedule to come on our podcast. And let's say this. We'd love to have him back on the show in person. Correct. That's great. That's the adjustment we'd make. Um... 
Colin was very generous, offered his time about five minutes before we were about to start recording. And this is when we're sort of coming out of pandemic. We were recording at Ben's living room. We didn't have a permanent space. We were still doing some Zoom records, but trying to move away from them. Five minutes before recording, he goes, I got a problem. I can't fucking, the microphone won't turn on. <laughs> and I said, what is it? And he went, I got, the, I got the right cable, but it's not. And I go, so what are the options, Colin? And he goes, I go to Best Buy now and I try to find it. I don't know if I find it. Or, you know, we reschedule for another day. Or I, we try to just do it with what we have. And I said, okay, let's get on the Zoom. Our producer will talk you through it. And he turned his microphone around and he goes, I got the right. And then I got the cable. And see, it's just not fitting in. It's the right cable. And it was two entirely different plugs. Oh, he was holding no. up an iPhone charger, he from was. what I remember. He was, he was holding up an iPhone, iPhone charger. charger. And saying, this won't plug into my computer. And I wanted to be like... That's not part of your microphone. Right. And of course it won't plug into your computer. It was yes. the back of the mic. He had wanted like, a micro USB. Right. 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 Well, That's my memory sweet. was the back of the microphone had like a USB port that was much wider. Hmm. And then he had the little lightning plug from an iPhone charger and he was putting it in and he was saying like, it goes in, but then it falls out. <laughs> That's fair. To be clear, lovely guy. The best. Yeah. The best. It was um, a great episode. Yeah, absolutely. It was a fun episode. I feel like after about, you know, an hour, he was sort of like, so we're just kind of saying the same thing over and over, aren't we? <laughs> How long you fucking do this for? Karen, there are my, there are my discs. Oh, my God. That's, That's my disc show. so many. Honestly, they look great. Are they organized in any particular fashion? By director. Yep, same. Wow. And alphabetically? Director. A director yeah. last and alphabetically name? With and then sometimes I'll be like, wait, who directed like Rambo 3? <laughs> like, yeah, right. Well, where do I put it, this? That's like, the thing. Do you go like, do you get the franchise box set so you have them all together? Or is it better to split the individual entries up? These are really tough questions. Yeah. These are things that keep us up at night. Mm -hmm. But this movie has never been released in the United States. What Correct. Movie? It never, uh, the film we're I'm talking about today, oh, oh, I'm yeah. sorry, but I'm, that's okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, never got a theatrical U.S. release. It never got, got some, like, some festival U.S. Screenings. release, but also never got an American DVD release or Blu-ray release. Yeah. I saw this movie originally on an import DVD. Whoa. And now I have finally acquired import Blu-ray. Can you turn your phone off? A lot of uh, cute girls are calling you right hey. now. <laughs> hey, wait a second. Hey, wait a second. <laughs> they heard that news. Uh, can I tell you, I just found a, um, there's no tagline for this movie sure. in uh, America, obviously. Yeah. But I found a French tagline. Okay. Elle est fou. Il est fou d'elle. Uh-huh. Which means she's crazy. He's crazy about her. That's the tagline. I would argue that he is also crazy. He is a little crazy, not to use, you know, no. such loaded language. But they, uh, but they started it. <laughs> they did start it. This fucking tagline writer started it. <laughs> um, but that is a tagline I found for you. It's yeah. the only tagline I, I could find. Yeah. Yeah. I she, mean, there might be a... She's this, podcast. He's podcast about her. Well, wait. Would, is, there, is, is there a tagline on this poster? Come okay. over, Karen. Let's see. Deep dive. Close examination. It's just like actor names and the t this okay. year's couple. Okay. I guess that's sort of a tagline. That's a good tagline. I don't think it's a tagline though, because it's in a font that's too big to be a tagline. I wonder if that's just like when they were promoting it, they like slapped that on. Or that was like an award it was given. <laughs> yeah. It's not a tagline. It's like a film <laughs> yeah. festival laurels. The next year, Barack and Michelle Obama. <laughs> yeah. This year's couple, two fictional people in a mental institution. Next year, the president and first lady of the United States of America. Listen, this is Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. I'm Karen. Fuck. Oh, that's brilliant. That's cool. She just butted in. That's cool. Hey, Karen. Hi. Um, Let's yeah. just flip it out of order. Our guest today. 
Mm-hmm. From Late Night with Seth Meyers. Mm-hmm. Great comedian, Karen Shee. Hi. Hey, Karen. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for coming. And Aww. this is a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers and are given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear and sometimes they bounce. Baby, mm-hmm. this is a miniseries on the films, the Park Chan Wook. Mm-hmm. And today we're talking about I'm a cyborg, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. And are we officially just because this is the second episode we've recorded? Yeah. Just call it what you want to call it. I think you should. I'm a podcast, but that's okay. Yeah. He wants to call our miniseries. We're overruling the vote. But that's okay. Yeah. We had a fan vote that picked Sympathy for Mr. Podcast. Right. In addition to butchering a line from the movie at the beginning of every episode, I I butcher one title in every episode Uh as the larger miniseries name. And this film is not very well known in the Griffin, United States because it's girls never are gotten. Calling. Turn your phone <laughs> off. Fucking AT and T is telling me that I'm crashing their server. <laughs> Too many cuties. Cell phone towers are catching on fire. Um, but but yes, but I think that's the funniest one. I think it's the funniest one, and I also think it's good now to ignore Twitter. Yeah, which Twitter, is a bad website. We're gonna keep doing Twitter polls just to ignore them. Right. Take that. Yes. Twitter. What about I'm a cyborg, but that's podcast. Well, that's oh, fine. That's a good. That's a good. Doesn't concept. make a lot of sense. By the end of this episode, I'm going to be the new host. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine. You know what? You're taking over. I could take a year off. <laughs> you're better at doing this than we are. Uh, you're, just the, you're just the energy podcast. boost we need. You know? <laughs> yeah, some new life. Uh, Karen, had you seen this movie before? I had not. Wow. This was my first time. And David, you had not seen this before. Nope, certainly not. This is actually the only film of his I had. His I hadn't seen apart from the, his first two films, which are obviously very difficult to find. Humble brag. Uh, his first two films, he basically has disowned. They don't really count. Really? Yeah. Wait, that's really cool to do. Because yeah. I'm embarrassed be like, no. by, by my old stuff. Oh, you should do that. You should uh, go on IMDb and just like, you know, draw a line through everything you just don't want people to pay attention screen. to. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a good plan. You know what's uh, fun about uh, the current world? Uh, like <laughs> dumb <laughs> shit you do when you're like figuring your shit out online. Yeah will never disappear. Yeah. Right. Like, your fucking bad, like, jokes and, like, your early writings and all that shit. If you're any kind of front-facing person, mm-hmm. that shit will be on the internet forever. Okay. Even if the site is taken down, there's, like, fucking Wayback Machine. Right. So that's good, right? Right. And then if you're working in the entertainment industry, you get to the point where you actually work at the big leagues and you make stuff that you're proud of. And then that gets taken down from the fucking internet forever. These streaming services just fucking dump it and then no one can watch the shit that's actually real. Wait, yeah, Karen, what's true. the thing you're most uh, um, embarrassed about? Now Now I want to know. What am I most? I mean, I am truly embarrassed by everything I've done um, Great, sure. from three cool. days before today. <laughs> okay. But the last yeah. two days you've been crushing the it. The last two days opinion. have been yeah. amazing. Today I've been stellar. Oh, yes. this, you really have. Yeah, best guest we've ever had. You Thank did a great you. job ordering coffee. Oh, when incredibly. I just coffee. want the listener yeah. to know that I was the guest and I got them coffees. Yes. yes. I want the listener to know I paid for the coffee. Oh, that's true. David paid for the And then I made David carry the coffees. Actually, I guess I didn't really do anything. Well, and also people. People kept opening doors for us, and yes. I was sort of like, Karen, you have, like, Disney princess vibes. Like, the animals are going to help us out. The initiative you know? was good, though. Was I think you can take credit for the initiative. No, totally. No, but you you got hired on Late Night with Seth Meyers very young, to the point that it was sort of the bit of the show, your recurring segment, the sort of generational divide between you and Seth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you say, like, there's early stuff you're embarrassed by, yeah, I feel I'm like you had been doing... <laughs> for sure, right. 
That's like I feel like you had like a very you were fast on a sketch team in kindergarten. Yes, but like yeah, actually I don't know. that team was pretty yeah. good. Oh, okay. were, right, I'm still proud of that. But stuff. it was a lot of shock. <laughs> what was the name? <laughs> oh, the bad boys. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> the bad boys. <laughs> bad it does kind of sound like what a kindergarten group would call <laughs> <Yeah>. themselves. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes. No, I've never seen this film before, Griffin. Okay. Um, is that surprising? I mean, it's not. Here's the thing. I, it's, I, I, I thought this film was more well-known than it I is. I think this is especially one of least well-known films. In the United yeah. States, right. where it never really got put out there in any way. Um, but I also thought this film was a big hit and then realized it was like a flop for him. Yes. Yeah. Coming off a of a, a huge, flop for him. Right. A couple of huge hits. Right. Um, and I think the vibe when it came out, people were like, what's this? Yeah. Like, why'd you do this? Second time invoked in, in a very short period of time, weirdly. Uh, uh, Beware the Gonzo, which Karen was a, uh, aggressively mediocre high school comedy I was in 15 years ago in which I played the horny best friend. Wait, what? Wait, what is this? A movie? It's a movie. You're in yeah. a movie? I mean, yeah. it's a movie, like, according to, like, the MPAA or whatever, right? It was like, a theatrically it released film in the sense that it played for three days, one time a day to no people. <laughs> Wait, are and you I know this because my mom star? went was like, there was no one else there. Uh, no, I was, were a, I was a young man star. 1920? This was back in 1920? Yes, this was back in 1920. <laughs> wow. I was a child star. We're the gonzo. Yes. What? Yeah. <laughs> What, you don't like this poster? No, I I'm, love this poster. Yeah. This is very, like, Juno vibes. I'm on the poster, right? It, it is Juno vibes. You are on the my, poster. My emaciated self. Um, yeah. Along with uh, your the other misfits. Uh, right. I forget who the other okay, misfits so are. Okay, so I think she's in the photo there, if I'm remembering you, correctly. You probably are remembering correctly, but who are you talking about? Stephanie Y. Hong. Uh-huh. Who is in the little box? Mm -hmm, big mm -hmm. Ezra Miller, big Jesse McCartney, big Zoe Kravitz, tiny box with the other three misfits. Correct. Correct. Uh, Stephanie Hong's the one in the middle. Yeah. Uh, who, the Misfits. Yes. We are, we're labeled the Misfits. His, his character's name was Horny Rob Becker. That was the wow. bit. Wow. Okay. The bit was that I was really horny. Uh -huh. okay. Sure. And I thought this was going to be the breakthrough. I thought, God, this is the last time I'm going to be able to walk down the street without people yelling out Horny Rob. Like I right, had that right. feeling on set where I'm like, this is going to. Hey, you're that horny guy, right? What, yeah. horny Jim? What was your name? People people were like, "You're." this is going to be like a McLovin problem. For you you right, could sure. still do that. You could still make that happen now just by being a big perv. I could. Oh, yeah. yeah just be yeah. actually famous for yeah. your horny. And introducing right. myself as rock to people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, um, what about? Um, Stephanie was a uh, casting assistant. Okay. For Susan Shopmaker, who cast that movie and did an incredibly good job uh, outside of casting me and finding a lot of people at the early stages of their career. Sure. And they were auditioning all these people for the other misfit in the group and no one was good. And Stephanie would do like the off-camera reading. And she was so sort of funny mm -hmm. and sullen and dark that they finally were just like, can you just try doing one in front of the camera? And mm -hmm. he did it. She did it and she fucking nailed it. And she was in the movie. And it's the only acting part she's ever done. Yeah. Wow. And she is from... She continues to work on movies, but yes. not as an actor. So yeah. she's from South Korea. She's right. like a big film nerd. And she, her main job was she would do subtitle translation for Korean films wow. in American-speaking markets. Mm. And even when we were working on filming this movie, which none of us are very well paid for, sure. she was like in between takes going to her laptop. Wow, wow, wow. And like watching movies and typing them up. Uh, I, I think she moved back to uh, South Korea pretty quickly after filming that. I haven't seen her 
in a while, but she's a wonderful person. And she was the one who turned me on to this movie. This movie particular. At which point, I guess, was fairly... This comes out in 2006? That's right. So we were filming in 2009. Yeah. It, it sort of came out in December of 2006 in Korea. And okay. then it had a long festival run around the world in 2007 and 8. And I, I, I was, I was a, a Park Chan Wook fan. Mm, sure, you'd um, seen Old Boy or something. I, well, I know. didn't like Old Boy, but I liked the other ones. All right, fine. Was the weird thing at the time. Um, but she was like, "Have you seen this fucking thing?" And I was like, "No, that sounds so much like my kind of movie." Yeah, you like emo movies, right? Uh, and weird, like childlike movies about people having mental breakdowns. Sure. Um, but yeah, so she gave me her imported DVD copy of it. Cool. And I watched it then, and I just assumed, like, oh, this thing must have been a huge hit. Wow. Because of the way she spoke of it. And then never realized that it didn't really come out over here and that no one else had seen it. That's the story. But I've thought of it very fondly since then. And big ups to Stephanie Hong for turning me on to it. Well, my experience is I watched this yesterday morning. I watched this yesterday morning. Great story. Morning. Karen. Wow. Um, Karen, uh, do you have much of a relationship with this director. You've definitely seen some of his movies because we were talking about which movie you would talk about on this show. I've seen uh, Decision to Leave. Sure. That's the his only movie I've seen film. by him because now, I think everything else he's made... <clears throat> is scary. Sorry. Yeah, I think everything else he's made is very scary. Very violent more so, than anything. So but violence is scary. Is. <laughs> you know what? I agree with you. Yeah, thank so you. Thank we, you so much. We talked about it. I was like, hey, do you want to come on this show? And you were like, well, I don't like scary movies. Like, yeah. at all. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And we were initially talking about you doing a different movie. Right. And uh, you said it looks scary. And I said, well, it's tense. Yeah. Sure. I wouldn't, I'm not sure if I would call it scary, but... Now that you've said violence is scary, well, I do think, right. Yeah. I also don't like tension. Sure. <laughs> like in your so, life or just at any point? In, at any point. I don't mm -hmm. like it in my life, so I don't want it for fun, right. you know? Right, um, right. You, don't, you don't even like the idea of like, de like sort of like... I don't like suspense. Oh, you don't like suspense. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. What kind of movies do you like? I love The Parent Trap. And That's I a love, good movie. We've covered it on this podcast. We've done that on the podcast. Yes. Wait, what? You didn't have me on for The Parent well, Trap? Well, it was like was, seven years yeah. ago, but okay. I mean, you know, we can have you. <laughs> it was very I don't know. We'll on. just do it again. Yeah, By the way, please that, do it again. That's a fucking Blu-ray I don't have because it's part of some exclusive Disney fucking <laughs> membership program. Really? Their version of like the Columbia Record House where you, you can't, have to- like just get it? Right. You have to like buy six movies a year. To get the parent trap? On a subscription service. Hmm. And then they, some of the things are movies they don't otherwise release. Surely they have it on like eBay. I've, I've come close to getting it on eBay. I'm going to pull the trigger soon. That movie's a masterpiece. Anyway, what else is in the Karen Chi canon? Um, I love The Sound of Music. Okay. I love sure. Mary Poppins. Um, I love Paddington 2. Okay. Um, Paddington 1, too much suspense. Paddington 2, perfect. <laughs> you know what? You're right. Yeah. Paddington 1 is heavier on the suspense yes, and, and villainy. Nicole Kidman is terrifying. He's scary. She is an imperious yes. figure. Delightful. It yeah. is funny that he goes to prison in the second one, <laughs> yes, yes, but, but Nicole Kidman's performance alone makes the first one scarier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's yeah. worse than mass incarceration. She is, absolutely. She's yeah. worse than the prison industrial complex. Oh my gosh. The yeah. prison in the second one, I mean, I know this is horrible to say, is friggin' delightful. I'd, it's I'd a very nice tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah. Obviously, turn... Paddington helps spruce it up and make it nice. I'd, I'd, I'd move in post-Paddington. Right, sure. You yeah. would move in post-Paddington? I'm saying the place post Paddington's transformation. Yes. Oh, when he shows up, it's a little cold. But I will say when he leaves, he takes all the good people with him. 
right? So like prison then, is great because of Brendan Gleeson. But then Hugh Grant Gleason. is there. Oh, the you're right. Would That's that be nice? Musical numbers. They're doing musical numbers. No, yeah. You're right. I would love to be in prison doing with Hugh Grant. Songs or whatever. And yeah. Hopefully they're still using like Knuckles recipes in the kitchen. Yes. Even yeah, if he's yeah. not there. Yeah. Look, I like Paddington. Mm. I think he's great. Good uh-huh. guy. I don't need as much marmalade as he does. If that makes sense. Like, that guy is so heavy on marmalade. I, I would love a more before. diverse diet. I would agree. I don't think I need <laughs> I need marmalade sandwiches maybe, marmalade. like, once a year. Yeah, yeah. like, that's not, like, uh, at the top even of my that, list. Even that, once a year, I can skip a couple of years. <laughs> You're right. You're not going to be crying for it? No. I went to the jail that that jail is based on. It's in Dublin. I went to Dublin with my friend last fall. Okay, so so you're like a Paddington super. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, I went to Dublin because I wanted to visit Ireland. I didn't go solely because they, you know, were inspired by that prison. Um, But I did go to the prison because I heard that's where the movie was filmed. That's not true. Sure. They just sort of took pictures of the interiors and made a bigger version of it. That makes sense. Is it an in-use prison or is it like an old, right, because it's It's like like a very, very old building. Yeah, it's like a historical monument now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went and uh, it's like a real, obviously, as all prisons are, like a really devastating history about Various famous right, good people. things didn't happen. Good things did not happen there. <laughs> right, right. And at the end of the tour, a great music festival here twenty years yeah. ago. There's no like. Imagine if imagine if that were true. <laughs> they took Woodstock. It really. Yeah, I'm looking at it, and it, I mean, yeah, it is quite an impressive building. It like, looks sort exactly of like the one in the movie. Right, and right. so she was telling us about all these people who got executed there, and then I was like, "Hi, did they really film Paddington too?" And she was like. No. <laughs> yeah, she's of like, no. Of course not. Let me no. tell you about the Easter Rising. And yeah. you're like, but where where was the marmalade cook? Which cell was the bear held in? <laughs> Show me where the bear slept. I'm banned from the country of Ireland. <laughs> well, not knowing if you had seen this before, it did. I it felt like uh the kind of movie that would be in your wheelhouse. Cause this is an odd case of like. Most of his films are very intense. Yeah, yeah. This movie is about intense things. Yeah. But it's through the veneer of sort of a children's fantasy comedy. I'm it a does cyborg, have some but that's violence. okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It does I, have violence. I think the thing, so I did watch the movie. I, I, the movie is unsettling yes. intentionally. Yes. I don't like feeling unsettled. Interesting. <laughs> I love feeling so comfortable. So that was the one thing where I was like, I can tell this is a great film Uh and everything he wants to do, he's pulling off so well, including like every shot I thought was like really well thought through, like every single thing kind of like crackles with this electricity. Yes. Um, And then I was like, I just don't want to be electrified. (laughs) You don't want, no, no, you don't want to plug yourself into anything. No, no. no, Nice reference. You don't want to make your, your big toe glow. That's kind I will of say fun. Glowing thing, toes is fun. The glowing toes was cool. It felt very like Thanos, the colors. That's true. They are different colors. She's got the infinity foot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, this is his version of a whimsical film, but it right. is quite strange and a little devastating yeah. and kind of sad and uh, honestly very good. I yeah. thought see, I had thought this movie was like a fucking victory lap after Old Boy. That it is this so was funny like, to me that you're like, this is the first time learning that this was not the most successful <laughs> film agree. ever made. And I think it was just like, because Stephanie was like so exuberant about it. But I think also knew like, we have similar brains. You're probably going to fucking love this. Yeah, thing. and it is a very Griffey movie. Absolutely. Especially like a younger Griff. Right. Yeah, this right, is right. my, see, I like, I like my dream movie. I'm not saying this is my favorite movie of all time. 
But this is basically my perfect formula for a movie. Okay, wait. Which is, is like the tone movie? and style of a Paddington okay. with like really fucked up shit happening underneath oh, it. Oh my God. Okay, so you're yeah, saying I like, like the psychologically unsettling subject matter done in this style maybe is like... And by the style, you mean like bright, poppy yeah, energy? Right. Upbeat. Colorful okay. right. kind of. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I've said before, like children's movies made for adults. Ah, uh, okay, 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 okay. Movies where the subject matter uh, yes. is perhaps very adult mature in some way or another, or psychologically intense or probing, but it has the sort of style and the logic of a kid's movie. I see, I see. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so we'll it's, I wouldn't say like either. all of my favorite movies fall into that category, but when I see a movie like that, I'm like, that shit's for me. Mm-hmm. Had you seen it since? I had not. Right. I had not seen it since because it's hard to it see here. It sat well with you. Yes, it sat really well with me. I there was you know I hadn't seen it in almost fifteen years. I didn't remember all of it, but there's certainly stuff that had really stuck in my mind. Sure. But I think just because like you know Stephanie was constantly telling me about the fucking South Korean film industry and who her idols were, who she wanted to work with, and all this stuff. And she's like, "Have you seen the new movie by the old boy guy?" And I liked old boy less than most people. But I knew he was like the big director in that moment, right? And uh, she hands sure. this to me, and I think I just assumed, oh, this must have been a fucking home run. This was right. like the inception to his Dark Knight. This is like he follows up his fucking huge hit with a blank check that like clears even more. And instead, uh, not only was it kind of a flop, but they even basically like pulled it from theaters prematurely to like mitigate the damage of how poorly it was performing. Right. And the reviews were all like, what the fuck is what, this? What is this? Yeah. Right. I think and it was sort of like, why are you outside of your lane, buddy? Right. And right. also, like, why are, are these fucking things happening in a comedy? Mm. Why is this movie so cartoonish mm. and including things that are this unsettling? Uh, I, I, it seems to be the common response to this film. Um, let me give you some context, Karen. Okay. We have a researcher. Well, give me some fucking context, too. Uh, you can listen if you want. I'm talking to Karen. Park Chan-wook had made three very dark films mm-hmm. in a row. His Vengeance trilogy. Uh, somewhat unofficial, that trilogy, right? Like the uh, Americans kind sure. of dub it a trilogy. Right. He'd done JSA and the three yes, Vengeance yes, at this point. Right. right. But he'd been, he'd been making Correct. these very dark films. Yeah. Um, and uh, he has a 12-year-old daughter at the time. Okay. After, as he's coming out of this. Sure. Uh, out of the, the, the Vengeance movie. So he wants to make a movie that's more geared towards her. Especially after the Vengeance trilogy, uh, I, I think he's in a, a sort of like Tarantino-esque position where they're like, you got your own fucking world. You got these weird ass, intense, violent movies that people eat up. Do your thing. Right? Like he had almost become his own genre. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Wait, so he made this movie so that it would be viewed by a 12-year-old girl? Well, his daughter. <clears throat> okay. So so I think his daughter probably, you know, has more of a sort of twisted sensibility, perhaps. Sure. Apparently, she had been banned from seeing Old Boy. Well, his daughter, of course, comes from the twisted sperm of Park Chan-wook. <laughs> right. Um, but she had, so she'd been banned from seeing Old Boy, but apparently she had uh, seen Lady Vengeance three times, maybe against his wishes or not. But, like, she was obviously getting into it. Wow. You know who I uh, wouldn't want to watch Old Boy with? My daughter. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, basically, this is his quote, but, you know, uh, if you'd done, you know, three feature films over five years, which are very dark and violent and gloomy, you'd probably want to change as well. The main reason is the fact that I wanted to make a film for my daughter to see. 
Uh, when she was very young, a baby, it didn't really matter. Good point. Mm-hmm. When she was a baby, it didn't matter what she was watching. Nothing matters when you're a baby. No. Yeah. So true. Fucking bullshit. Um, but I've been away a lot, shooting films in different locations, so it's kind of a present to her so she can see and watch and enjoy it. So yes, he absolutely made this film for her. Wow. Um, but he says it was not an entirely successful effort, and um, you know, I wanted to make something she could enjoy with her friends, but I think she liked Pirates of the Caribbean more. Is <laughs> his uh, line. And you know what? That is a great movie. There you yeah. go. That's another mm-hmm. Karen movie. Uh, no, but I have seen. It's a. It's a. My, it's a, one of my brother's movies. I guess. Uh, yeah, I watched it. Sure. Is your brother older or younger? He's older. So you had like a brother watching kind of the more. Yeah, my brother watched a lot of cool stuff, right. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I like this too, but I would never watch it on my own. Right, and then there's yeah. peril in Pirates of the Caribbean. There is and some tension, unsettling situations. I think Skeletons. I don't like yeah. skulls. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh. You don't like skulls. I can't believe you made it through that movie. I know. I the poster of the movie has a skull on so it. Fucking skull and crossbones is the logo. And you know what? That's why National Treasure 2 is better than National Treasure 1 is no skulls. Wow. Mm-hmm. We did those recently. I can't believe you're inviting me to the wrong the movies. movies like. <laughs> I'm going to send you a full list of movies I like and you'll find another one on there. Yeah, sure. you come yeah. back on. Yeah, 100%. So uh, all right. Beyond wanting to make a film for his daughter, which he, I think, did a bit of an odd job at. Uh, I think like, he just a, wants to avoid being pigeonholed as, like, the one type yeah, of Yeah, that's movie. great. Like, you know, that's like a good the, the revenge thriller kind of good instinct. Guy. No, I just, the only, uh, like, the only other example that immediately comes to mind of what you're talking about is, like, Pete Doctor being like, I made Inside Out to try to understand my daughter. Mm. Like, she hit puberty and I was having a hard time relating to her and it was sort of this act of, like, outreach and empathy. And then Parchment does the same thing and this is what he fucking makes. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why Inside Out was made. That's great. Yeah. Mm. Really? That's why Inside Out was made? Yeah. Mm, okay. He was um, like, my daughter, my daughter, like, turned 12 and she she started being really sad. And I was, like, trying to understand what was going on in her, uh, in her mind. And then out of that came the movie. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. All parents should do that. Every parent should make a movie <laughs> yeah, when their kid is at their saddest. Oh, Toy Story is a movie I like. Have you done this? Oh, yeah. You have? Toy Story 2 is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, I like Toy Story 1 more than 2. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, see, Toy Story I think is like, what I like about Toy Story, it falls in this category. Yes. Even I though they're obviously mean. actually presented as children's movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that all the toys in Toy Story talk like they're adults. Yes. And they're dealing with like, overwhelming existential concepts. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That it really is just like a bunch of adults sitting around being like, why why am I alive? I feel like that's true for every Pixar movie. I'm really derailing the context part of this episode. Whatever. We're having fun. Oh, back to context. JJ, our researcher, did text me in the middle of the night Oh, to great. say, do you know that Park Chan-wook cites Toy Story as his biggest influence on <gasps> I'm a Cyborg? But that's no. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see them. Let's Not see to jump ahead. To no, I mean, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, he he compares this film to Junior Bonner, mm. uh, a Sam Peckinpah movie that is also like, you know, outside of his usual okay. thing, mm-hmm. right? He's sort of saying like, uh, it's a gentle, almost violence-free, slightly relaxed movie. Not true. This film has multiple scenes of violence. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So... But to Park, I think he's like, you know, to, to Director Park, this is a almost violence. I know. But you're like, this movie has Machine multiple gun. mass shootings. Yeah. Right. Fantasy. Fantasy. But not. not but they go know. on for a long time they and do. they're bloody. They are. Yeah. Um. Uh, so he was sort of thinking like, okay, this is the end of the first part of my career. My films are becoming more feminine. There's more hope, he says. The mm-hmm. themes of love and hope have become more prominent. 
uh, and uh, he was developing thirst at the same time as this movie. Okay. So clearly he was thinking of like two brand. This is a movie he makes later, Karen. Uh, two like sort of ways to go in. Mm-hmm. And he goes for this one and thirst gets like back burnered. So he okay. could have made thirst next. Um, all right. Thirst is a vampire movie. Okay. Yes. Cool. Kind of a fun movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's goofy, but yeah. it's more dramatic. Um, Dark comedy. Yes. Great. Of. Incredible yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, okay, so, but for the Toy Story thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, to, that he, he starts thinking about this movie because two images come to his mind, he says. Mm-hmm. The first is he was in a car during post-production an old boy, and he thought of group therapy in a mental institute, and he imagined, what would it be like if there were no medical staff there, if everyone was amongst themselves, patients amongst themselves? It's almost like in Toy Story, when the toys come to life, when there are no humans around. Mm-hmm. I imagine if there's no medical staff, the patients might have more lively conversation. That's the beginning of my imagination. Okay, yep. That's what I'm, I'm getting a big Andy's room vibes from this movie. Right. Yeah, I'm picking yeah. up on it. Also Sid's room. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. yeah, sure. Sid's room. Cause they're all a little funny. Yeah. They're all a little funky. Mm-hmm. But I do, I do th- I was, I mean, without making the connection, I was clocking while watching this. Like I like that every patient has their own game. That they all have their own character game in the same way as Toy Story where you're like, Mm. everyone's got their thing. Mm -hmm. Their thing is somehow like in contrast with how they look, what type of toy they are. Mm -hmm. But everyone's got their own internal comedic game. Uh, So that's all true. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing he thinks about is about a cyborg in a girl uniform is how he puts it. Cool. Uh, with uh, guns in her fingers right. and My bullets coming out of her dream mouth. dream woman? <laughs> um, and so uh, he starts to um, initially think of a movie about like, okay, what if I made a movie about an actual robot girl? And then he's like, no, no, no. How about I make a movie about a girl who thinks she's a robot girl? Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll combine these two ideas, right? The cyborg mm-hmm. girl gets to go into the psych ward and instead that's just her delusion that she thinks she's a robot sure. girl. Which is what this movie is about. It's about a, ro- a girl who thinks she's a robot, doesn't need to eat food, and instead just needs to lick batteries. Mm-hmm. Correct. That's and it's, okay. It's okay. Yes, but <laughs> the movie it is doing some clear. damage to her health, uh-huh. her physical health. Sure. Her ability to be alive. Yes. The, the film starts with, with the protagonist's mother uh, talking to a doctor as she is about to admit her daughter into this institution. Yes. And it is after a suicide attempt. Right. Or what they think is a suicide attempt. Right. But and actually she was just trying to plug in some wires to her Correct. wrist. So right. she could live longer. Correct. Right, or Presumably. recharge her batteries. She slid open her wrist and put wires inside there and electrocuted herself because she was trying to recharge. Mm-hmm. Right. And her mother is so sort of oddly blasé about everything, right. dismissive of any sort of answers that they try to offer up to her. Uh, yeah. Just kind of apathetic in general. Says she only eats turnips, or is it the mother who only eats turnips? There's someone the who only eats turnips. The mother's yes. mother only radishes. That's what it was, right? She's right. sort of right yeah. that no radishes. That's yeah. what Radish. it is. Yeah, she's recalling right that her own mother also has her own set of. I um, the character that freaked me out the most was this mom though. The is mom. when she's oh. talking, I was like, "This is I hate this." Oh, she's I, a weird, nightmare person. Right. Nightmare yeah. person. Yes. Yeah. Um, she uh, seems to to be into awful cut of of meat, like tongue, and like eats like. Like she's oh, yeah. on the phone, and I feel like that's a recurring thing of, of her having this. Uh, she keeps ordering, right? She's ordering like intestines. Right. So she when has they a groin see, and like, bladder, her, yeah, yeah. yeah. When womb. they show part yes. of, um, yes, right. She eats womb. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize it was womb. She says womb at one point. She's like listing, I, I guess, on the phone with her butcher. It was really weird because I feel like 
everyone is talking about how the main character is a robot or a cyborg. And I was like, the mom is weirder. Like, oh, absolutely. The mom is freaky. But I think all this is intentional. And you start the movie out with like just this kind of simple two person conversation with flashbacks as this, the doctor, I mean, she's, is she the head of the Institute or is she just admitting doctor, whatever is sort of interviewing the mother, trying to get a sense of what's going on. And the mother's like distracted, kind of dismissive of everything. But you're getting the sense that, right, she, the mom's pretty checked out. The grandmother really raised this girl. Yes. The grandmother had her own mental illness. Yes, and that, ate a lot of radishes. Right, ate a lot of radishes. I th- like radishes. Thought that she was a rat or yes. a mouse. A, a rodent. Yes. A, a radish-eating creature. Right, she thought it was a radish-eating rodent. And uh, at some point, she was just taken away. It, it was sort of ignored her behavior until the point where they also institutionalized her, took her away. The white coats. Right. And that away. feels like obviously outside of some, you know, genetic disposition for neurotypical, uh, neuroatypical behavior that exists in this family. That was also this sort of traumatic event that the young girl had never gotten over. And that has sort of broken her sense of reality since then. Right. Because they even ask, like, is there any history of pretending to be something you're not in your family? Right. And the mother's kind of dismissive of the fact that her mother fully identified as a rodent. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think that has anything to do with anything. But, uh, but yeah, she is so a bit of a disconnected person. We're mother. hearing these two characters talk about our lead character for several minutes before we actually meet her. Right. And just getting these cutaways to little glimpses of her suicide attempt, her behavior, all this sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, so the way Park puts it is he wants the audience to think what is the purpose of existence mm-hmm. and is life really necessary? Very nice comedy, uh, n- nice themes for a movie for a 12 year old girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he says with the, uh, the main character here, she was wondering why she was born. She wants to know what she should do to become a valuable being. And when you see a mass-produced product, they have clear, obvious purposes. So she starts to want to be a machine because mm. machines have purpose and manuals, and, like, there's there's a reason for them to exist. That is his thinking behind this sort of delusion. I like sort of that. a funny way of thinking about it. That yes. makes a lot of sense, because I feel like that scene in the beginning where she's, like, in the factory line of people working. Yes. Um, you're like, oh, instead of working to create something, she's just trying to become whatever it is they yeah. are making. I was like, that makes sense. Right. And you're in that setting for that. And her suicide attempt. Nobody cares. No, no one pays attention. Because they're robots working. Right. Yeah. But it happens on the factory line. Yeah. Like yeah, they're yeah. building electronics, mm-hmm. behaving sort of robotically. Yep. And then she does this absurd action that yep. for her is not a cry for help is not a self-destructive act. It was obviously very alarming. Yes. But no, she does it very, very calmly and then like wraps up her wrist with tape. Yes. And is like, good job done. And because she's hearing the broadcast. Correct. Mm-hmm. She's getting like Who's the sort instructing of her yes. to, right. to from the, do From these. the device that she's constructing, right? It's like speaking to her. Am yeah. I? Yeah. I believe so. But um, her mother is is so undramatic about all this. It's yeah. really just kind of like, so you're, you have her under control, right? I don't have to worry about this anymore. Right. She's like not panicked or alarmed by any of this other than just like, well, this clearly needs to be outsourced to someone else. This is someone else's problem. Um, yes. So uh, she is institutionalized and uh, she is alongside a boy who is played by the Korean uh, entertainer Rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I feel like is a very famous person at this point in time, He's right? Very famous. Yeah. Is he, does he continue to be very famous? Well, now or, everybody just <clears throat> knows who he is. Yes. He's like on a bunch of 
music shows, I guess, and stuff in Korea. Mm-hmm. He's not currently like I mean, I feel like BTS is obviously so much bigger. Sure. But everybody knows who he respect. is. Yeah. Um, but I feel like because like Rain is also in Speed Racer, which is yes. made a couple years after this. Right. And uh, you know, I feel like he was very, very hot stuff in the two thousands. I didn't know who he was when I first saw this. And so rewatching it, I was taken aback that, oh fuck, that's Rain. Right. Uh because right. I, I saw him in Speed Racer a couple years later and then Ninja Assassin. Yeah, a movie that definitely right. exists, but he's the lead of that. But then also there were like the years where he was a running meme on the Colbert Rapport. Yes! Colbert oh, had what? like a running bit oh about God, Rain. Oh my God, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Rain was on his show. Yes. And he, Colbert like sang a Korean pop song, right? And this In was response like, to Rain What was the connection? Something? Like why I did why did that begin? Remember I don't remember why it started. Either. I do feel like Colbert was very like into like sort of those sort of internet movements like yeah. or, or like tapping into other types of culture. But this was also like way before, like now we were talking about in, in our first episode how much like Korean pop culture feels like it is influencing the world now. Yes, this was right. way before that. This yes. is way before that. Yeah, and I it was odd wonder, that he just sort of latched on to rain. It might have just been because it was like a country that at that point was culturally kind of irrelevant to the US, mm-hmm. right? right? And then only, like a random pop star. Yeah, so right. it kind of was like, oh, here's a fun running joke I could do. You know what I mean? 100%. Um, right. And like, that's a niche thing at this time. Because Colbert also did a thing with like a Swedish pop group, right? At one point. This is what I was trying to remember. I definitely remember him trying to get uh, his, like a Hungarian bridge named after him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because there was like some Hungarian town that was like doing an online poll for a bridge. Mm-hmm. And he was like, it was that thing where he was clearly like, he was like, I have a small audience, but like if I can motivate them to do, yeah, you know, yeah. like if I can find right. a thing that's sort of on that level, I could probably succeed. Right. Small, but very devoted. He following. was such a rascal back then, which is yeah. sort of funny to think about because now he's kind of like this sort of like compassionate, intelligent, you know, kind of yeah. like grand old man of uh, right. late night, you know. He went from like um like a fun rascal to like a gentle dad, yes. like a yeah. soccer Very gentle dad. dad. A gentlest yeah. dad. Right. Right. <laughs> but that was also, it felt like the, the bit, which is even odder for the character, Stephen Colbert, that he was still playing at that time. Yes, yeah, yeah. Was that he just like fucking <laughs> loved true. Rain. A right-wing Fox News host. Right. Yeah. But the bit was that he was like, this guy is magnetic. Wow. Right, right, right. Right, right that he was sort of like a Rain super fan. Mm. But he would just invoke him a lot. They'd play clips of anything Rain was doing. <laughs> and it must have been right after this. Is this sort of like his peak? This movie? I don't know. I don't know. Rain's peak? In popularity? No. No, 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 no. no. It continues to... I think his music popularity fully overshadows. I think a lot yes. of people don't think I'm of sorry, him as a not, movie not his career peak. I'm saying like it's 2006 when he's at the top of the mountain. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah it seems like whatever the late two. But he, as you say, he's still popular. He's still trickles. I think he's like known now. I don't know if anybody would have like a poster of him on his like college, on he's, their no, college. He's, he's like, like an elder years statesman. Old now, right, right, yeah, yeah. He's like um, fucking Blake Shelton on The Voice or whatever. I do he like, is fucking Blake Shelton. He's having sex with Blake Shelton <laughs> on The Voice. And we're happy for both of them. Because yeah. NBC is just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we'll try anything it's at a fucking this writer's point. Strike. On simulated sex between different countries' yes. music stars. And they're in the chair and the chair spins around. They don't this have to like say some anything. some horrible AI thing that is right, definitely exactly. going to happen. The machine told us to do this? Yeah. yeah. We have to pay any price? <laughs> Um, yeah, so Rain is in this film, uh, and uh that's that's nice for him. Uh, that's his okay. character is um 
is in search of meaning, right? He is empty yes. inside. He mm-hmm. thinks he may become nothing. Antisocial behavior, feels Just disconnected from everything. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He basically gets joy from he fucking. Loves steal. He loves stealing. Yeah. He loves fucking with everyone else. Right? I mean, he's sort of constantly like teeing them up. Yeah. Right. For his own amusement. Yeah. Right. Right. He's a bit of a rascal as well. Yes. Um, He's sort of the uh, Stephen Colbert of <laughs> the mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah, of the institution. Um, Stephen Colbert in quotes. Uh, Parks, you know, uh, take is sort of teenager always asking, why do I exist? Right. And so this is what he's sort of trying to get at here. Yeah. Um, he never made another movie about teenagers. This is like a very unusual no, there, little entry in his filmography. There was no other film in his filmography like this. And it, it, it it's recognizably one of his films. I think it shares themes and stuff, but tonally and stylistically, this is so different. Are they supposed to be teens? I think it's supposed to be like late teens, but that's actually a good question because they are probably... I assume they were adults because the other people in the yeah. institution are adults. I read them as like early 20s. Yeah. Sure. Well, you know what? I'm reading his quotes. I don't know what to tell you. Hmm. It's traveling through his daughter. Um, yeah. The other thing that comes out later, I, I guess somewhere around the middle of the movie, is that she, when she was uh, when she was born, was born prematurely and was put in an incubator and hooked up to all these wires sure. to be kept That's alive. Right, which ties to this thing of like the the search for meaning. What am I supposed to be doing? Why am I alive? Right. Mm-hmm. A, she like envies robots that are built for a specific purpose mm-hmm. and don't have to question these things. But B, she like has these sort of like suppressed memories. Mm-hmm of being kept alive by machinery. Right. You know, that like in a world without technology... It's her origin story. Yes. Right, in a world without technology, if she if she had been born 2,000 years earlier, she would have died. It's possible. I think Technology kept her alive and she feels kind of You think about this? I think about that because I have really bad eyesight. Yeah. Do you? I do. Are you wearing contact lenses right now? I am, yeah. It'd be funnier so. if you were just like, and I just roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do feel like if you were a girl, right, mm. and... You were born with really bad eyesight. Nobody's gonna try and get you glasses unless you're you like, mean, like the in aristocracy. like the tenth century. They yeah, just kind of be I like, feel like right. any time yeah. before the eighteenth century, they would not have gotten glasses for women unless you were the queen, right? Because mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? You're not reading. You're not, but then no. I would be attacked and run over by like a wagon. <laughs> That's well, you would I'm definitely gonna... have to learn good wagon dodging skills. That would have to be very early. Yes. Yeah. I, I have like made this joke several times before on the podcast, and it's not even really a joke, but that my continued existence is an affront to the notion of survival of the fittest. Right, right. Darwin <laughs> is spinning in his grave right. at the idea just of like, you We built a succeeding. modern society that allows me to stay alive. This yeah. is bad. It's bad for humanity. Because right? nature We're... should be destroying me at all times, <laughs> and it tries its hardest. It still does, yeah. yeah even totally. in urban environments. Totally. Right. But yes, she's like very much a product of a, a culture that is able to keep her alive. Karen, right. did you have glasses when you were very small? When I... Um, like when did you get glasses? In third grade. That's a normal time to get glasses, I yeah, feel like. I, like, think, I so. feel like it really sucks when you have to get them in like kindergarten or something. Oh, mm. yeah. Then you're just like a dweeb from the get-go. You the little rubber glasses. <laughs> Wait, like those are so cute, I know. The new... Kids' glasses are cute now. They're cute I now. I think they glasses. used to really suck. Yeah. 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 Um, when did you make the, the contact switch? Oh, yeah. I made the contact switch, I want to say, eighth grade. And wow. I think okay, it's because, yeah, pretty early. Yeah. My eyes started getting so bad sure. that uh, I'm nearsighted. So when I wear glasses, the lens was so thick. And also I would just look like there was an indent on either side of my face. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so then I was like, I don't want to be seen like this. Sure. <laughs> and sure. I switched contacts. Okay. Yeah. But you must have very intense contacts. Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know. Do they, do they have to be thick? 
Does this no, matter? No, I don't I think not. so. Right. But you that would be amazing. Coke bottle contacts. Yeah. Can you imagine? I like can't blink. <laughs> your contacts took out like five inches outside of your eyes. This I is so much better than glasses. <laughs> they are on top right. of your eye. So yeah. they, they don't have to be quite as crazy. <laughs> Uh, but I have like a, fr- a very close friend who is legally blind without her glasses. Like she's got eyesight oh. like that bad. Wow. Um, yeah. But anyway, and her glasses are very thick, obviously. Mm. Uh, all right. Uh, THICC, right? They are. Yeah. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. They got mm-hmm. they got a lot of junk in the trunk. Voluptuous glasses. Um, <laughs> juicy glasses. Yeah, yeah, they're juicy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> that um, glass. <laughs> park for <laughs> That glass is pretty good. Am I going to get invited back to the Absolutely. pod? Absolutely. Anytime <laughs> yeah. you yes. want to come. You're being put pod. on the masthead now. <laughs> um, uh, Park, the first to admit this is not a realistic portrayal of mental health or mental health institutions. Um, the cast of uh, the ensemble behind the main two mm-hmm. characters, he's like, none of this is based on any like actual medical thought. <laughs> no. I'm just taking traits and exaggerating them. You know, I feel like he did a uh, research. Wait, but <laughs> right. something I will say because I thought that too in the beginning, and then I was like, wait, this is awesome. Is that they were somehow he he was able to show them in a way that they were more normal than the people who would otherwise be considered not. Mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why I think the fucking movie opening with the mom is so important. Yes, right. so yes. crucial. It's like this person would never be institutionalized, but she's she's a nightmare. She's yeah. actually... She's a problem. Right. Yeah. And everybody else in the institution is so sincere. Right. right. And then the doctors are also weird. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's things like, it's like, the person who is too polite. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, ideas like that, Legitimately right? such an Asian idea. <laughs> I thought I was watching it like, that's so funny. That's like two Korean dads trying to pay the check. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Park says that he would call psychiatrists uh-huh. and be like, would this be possible? Like What's someone who material? is excessively <laughs> polite? Give me your funniest patience. <laughs> someone who like is so polite that he can't walk forward. So uh-huh. he can only walk backwards. And he said they would always just kind of be like, I mean, no, but I suppose in theory such a thing could happen. <laughs> like, like that's sure. all I wanted to hear. He'd be like, great. <laughs> like, um, but uh, so, uh, yeah, like instead he's just like, uh, you know, forget medical reports. I just want to sort of like exaggerate how the human mind works. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this movie has a really uh, interesting approach to uh, reality in that it doesn't that often do the thing where you're in her fantasy sequence and then you cut out and see the reality of what's going on. Right. It will sort of stay in her fantasy and then just go to the next scene. Right. Right? So when there are things like these incredible acts of violence and you're watching 10 minutes of, like, a mass shooting, you're kind of conditioned to, like, for most movies you've seen like this, be like, and then they're going to cut out and she's standing in a room making noises with her mouth and nothing's happening. Right, right, right. Right? Or you fear, like, are they going to cut out and she actually has a gun and she's shooting people for real? Right. What is happening actually tangibly in this real world? And instead, it's just like, that's the scene. Mm-hmm. You're kind of, like, going in and out of her headspace, but they're not delineating that much. I think it's nice that there is no authority figure, really. Like, technically, yeah. the doctors should be authority figures, but right. they don't seem to really have any power No, this them. is not really, like, a one flew of the cuckoo's nest thing of, right, like, right. oh, that's there's this terrifying, thinking. like, matron who they're all, like, whatever, being yeah. bossed around No, and, you're, and your introduction to the place and the cast of characters is all from this woman pretending to be... Right, which was such an incredible move. Right. Yeah, yeah. You spend five minutes with her rolling her around and you're like, got it. I get every character in their game. And then a real nurse comes by and she's like, take the fucking jacket off. I told you not to do this. And then you're just like, so I don't know what anything is now. Yeah. But it does like, it feels like 
like it's like the Muppet Show. Like no one here is normal, right? And kind of like the Muppet Show because everybody is a has a game. Yes, it, right. it feels consistently grounded. Right. Yeah. But in the way that where you're like, well, Kermit's the straight man who's complaining about all these Muppets being crazy. But right. he's also a fucking Muppet. Like yeah. Kermit, like check yourself. I you love know? Kermit. He's so he should have been in this movie. He should have been. This is fucking the the recast a movie with the Muppets and yeah. one human actor. Yeah, this yeah. is pretty easy. I mean, one of them is wearing a bunny mask for half the movie already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Just think oh, the, you like Kermit. The way Kermit's cool. Kermit yes. rules. Yeah, yeah. Is he your top Muppet? Is he my top Muppet? But yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, well. I think I wave like Kermit, like a like you oh, sort you of have do. like a slightly yeah. floppy yeah. kind of. I really just sort of uh, I'm like tight at the elbow, loose at the wrist, and then I go ham. <laughs> um, see, all my favorite Muppets now are Sesame Street Muppets because that's oh. like I spend all my time with Sesame Street, yeah, as well, you know. And then you're Who is your favorite Muppet? Who's my favorite Muppet? Rover. Grover was my favorite Muppet as a kid. Yes. I think Cookie Monster is my favorite Muppet. <gasps> Wait, I changed my mind. I think it's Ernie. Well, Ernie's great. I love yeah, Ernie. He's a little stinker, though. See, David gets annoyed like by Bert. by Ernie, and he likes Bert because I'm Ernie and he's Bert. Oh, right. wow, but wow, I just, wow. They keep showing this sketch that I've brought up multiple times in this yeah. podcast where Ernie is playing his trumpet as they are trying to go to bed. Right, and that is funny. And Ernie's <laughs> like, I have to play my trumpet to go to bed. And Bert's like, it's loud. I want to go to bed. David yeah. was like ranting and raving about it. And he's like, that's psychotic behavior. And I'm like, David, that's a good bit. That's a funny bit. Uh, David, get with the program. Big Bert energy over yeah. here. My daughter doesn't really like Bert. I think they're too, like, normal for her. Like, it's like, who are these, like, regular people? They are, like, just couples I know. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, one Cookie Monster, she gets, she's like, that guy eats cookies. Like, yeah, you I know, like, uh, that guy has a game. Promise of the premise. <laughs> right, He's fulfilling. Right. Yeah. Uh, but she's now, she's fiercely loyal to Abby. Elmo, Abby, Elmo's Abby. in the okay. dirt right now. No. Abby, Abby is the, Abby is the queen to her now. Gethard has such a good fucking chunk about Elmo and his new Oh, I'm very special, excited to hear his that. hour that I guess is coming out soon. Yes. But he just has it. basically a, like a manifesto on Elmo being the single greatest fictional character in history that is Aww. really convincing. Interesting. I certainly um, have seen a lot of Elmo in recent year. Yeah. In recent year. In recent year. Kermit is, I, I forget whose point this is that I'm stealing now, but it's like he is the only like main normal character in quotes in like a thing where saying he's your favorite is not a boring choice. Oh, you know? Yes, it's not like my favorite superhero is Superman. Right, or yeah, like yeah. Mickey Mouse or whatever. We're yeah. like, no one fucking likes Mickey Mouse. Right. Kermit is We cool. hate him. Right. Yeah. Like, He's a problem. Kermit for being the like the center, the everyman, the sort of balanced character is in and of himself interesting, funny, engaging. Yeah, do you think it's because he's a frog? I do it's like really frogs. a good question. My favorite animal. Really? Is the frog. Oh. Yeah, you don't want to sit next to this guy while he's watching Princess and the Frog. <laughs> Getting turned. Freaking out. Don't turn into a prince. <laughs> stay Basically. frog. Yeah, you should both stay frogs. Yeah. Um, okay. Animal. Uh, what? Yeah, Ben likes animal. You like animal, the Muppet animal. Yes. The drummer guy. He's the best. He's like, animal! He's got great energy. Yeah. He does. He's got plenty of energy. Okay, these two young actors. Park is thinking he's going to have fun, cheerful, energetic young actors. Okay. Instead, he says they are very serious and thoughtful. Mm. He uses a word that I cannot pronounce. I don't know, Karen, if you know that. Is it an English word? No, it's a Korean <laughs> word. He uses this Movie? word. Do you want me to look at it? <laughs> yeah, come look at okay. this word. I don't, which he says means a young person who behaves like an old person. I mean, obviously, this oh, is the. Energy. 
I'm an endogeny. I've been called this. Th- th- I'm so glad that you said that word and not me because cool. that is definitely not how I would have said it. Say it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's an endogeny, which literally it means like kid. Endogeny right. is like kind of not a nice way to say like an old person. Uh-huh. Right. Um, but I've been called this because I tried to like hang out with some friends in Korea and they were like, Oh, great. It's like nine o'clock. What do you want to do next? And I was like, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I don't the, know what you're doing. You're going to get tagged then. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be called an old soul, basically. Yeah. So it's sort of old soul, but it with is, a more of a negative connotation. Old soul, I feel like, is your spirit. I feel like Enigony could also just be like, oh, this person is tired <laughs> <laughs> in vibe. They're like breaking down. Actual, sure. Yeah. They're decomposing. Mm-hmm. I, he, yes, I guess he said. I mean, look, I think that like my impression of like what it is like to be famous in Korea as a young person is that it is a lot of work and you are constantly being thrust into various limelights. Mm -hmm. They're often multi-hyphenates, right? Like they'll they'll act, they'll sing, they'll host TV shows. And I feel like they must all be fucking exhausted. I I feel for them. It's so sleepy. Yeah, Yeah. being famous sounds really tiring. Yes. Well, you're famous. No. Are you tired? I am, but separately. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Rain is obviously very well known at this point. Uh, Had he done films or is this kind of his big acting good, crossover? That's a good question. I feel like he must have been in Korean dramas before. Um, I don't know. Yes, he is. had been in a movie called Sang Do Let's Go to School. Oh, no, that's a TV show. Sorry. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, so, you know, probably the sort of Saved by the Bell of its day. I have mm. no idea. Um, and he had had a breakthrough success with uh, his third album, It's Raining, mm. yes. which I just think is a fantastic name. And uh, man, the confidence to hold on to that title until the third album. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. What were his first two albums called? It's Pouring. How to Avoid the Sun. <laughs> tr- the Old Man is Snoring. It's Sprinkling, It's Pouring, It's Raining. <laughs> yeah. It gets to him. Fuck. <laughs> now it's raining. Yeah. Uh, he it's also, drizzling. he was in, um, a television show called Full House. Oh, that was super famous. Which was apparently a huge deal. It was based maybe on a comic book or something, like some kind of... Uh, there's a very funny... Manhua. Thing. Yeah, manhua, that means comic. Right. Um, manhua. There's like a, uh, a weird trend of Korean shows having the same names as American shows, but then having nothing to do with the American. Interesting. So like Full okay. House, I think, has nothing to do with the American Full House. There's also, I think... I think there's like a while you were sleeping. There's like a bunch of stuff where I'm like, oh, this is iconic American sure. stuff remade? Question mark. It's like no. not at all. No, just yeah. just borrowing the title. Because there yeah. also are like American films that get remade. Of course, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. think there was like a Little Women that came out a few years ago, and you read yes, the story, yes. and you're like, this actually has nothing to do. But are they very small? Maybe are they like yeah, two inches? Yeah, they're so tiny. Right. Type? Actually, right. they're giant. Oh, it's, it's ironic. <laughs> they're so big. Little no, women. I think I'm because there was like. There were like four Little Women movies all around the same time, leading up to the Gerwig one. Wait, there really? Yes, there were some. There was like one that was sort there of was Christian. A, there was a Leah Thompson, I think, semi-Christian modern yeah. day adaptation. Okay. Yeah. There was a TV one with mm-hmm. Maya Hawke, and I forget who mm-hmm. the mother was. I don't remember. Yeah. And, uh, then, yes, and, then, and then there was the, the Korean one. The yeah. Korean one, I think, has nothing to do with the book. It's like also three girls, which is the wrong number of girls. It is three <laughs> sisters. Yeah. And they're all like six foot five. Yeah. Um, <laughs> three sisters who play basketball. No, I don't know. Yeah, three sisters who are... And people online kept saying it was... It was based uh, on... Yeah, but I really just was like, if that's true, they're just using this for publicity. Sure. absolutely no way. It is loosely based no. on Lucy May Alcott's novel, apparently. You should edit the Wikipedia page. I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> that's um, like weird. A, I've been banned from Wikipedia. It's like Life and Death of uh, Colonel Blimp. Right. Yeah, where it's like, we're going to take that guy. Right. 
who's but like a character, but not right. really. Yeah. Right. It's, uh, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp is like one of the best movies ever made, Karen. And oh. it's this British it's good movie. film about like the entire life of a man and his his lost loves and his friendships over like decades and wars and whatever. Oh, great. And they basically took the title of a very popular comic strip of like about a buffoonish general or colonel rather. Yes. And then uh, it took nothing else from it. The wow. character in the movie is not even named Colonel Blimp. He doesn't look like the cartoon character. I think it, you'd like it. It's incredible. It's fantastic. incredible. It's like film. guys who look like this, oh, you know? Yeah. I, I feel like that. that's your vibe. That right. Is exactly. Vibe. But it's basically if you were like, I'm making a movie about Snoopy and then you made John Wick. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're like, well, there is a dog in it. Right, 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 right. The military is involved. Um, but they just truly coasted off of using a popular comic strip name and then none of it, nothing used. Who is that old man? He was so sweet looking. He's the, that's the fucking guy who's the not guy. Colonel Blimp. He's okay. the main character. I'm going to watch this movie. It's so good. One of the best movies ever made. Um, yes. Im Soo Jung plays, I'm, and I apologize, of course, mm. if I'm getting these names no, no. Uh, wrong, uh, who plays the female lead, had been on a TV show, that, and he calls her one of his favorite actors ever. Uh, she's in A Tale of Two Sisters, right? Correct. That was before this? Uh, that is from 2003. That uh, She's the lead of that. That seems like a very scary movie. That was a very, oh, really? very, very uh, popular Korean film. I think it was like a pretty big crossover thing uh, here. Some, some, yeah. Certainly in that sort of early phase uh, of of sort of uh, Korean movies crossing over. Uh, Look at this. Yeah, I'm sorry, Karen. I'm sorry <laughs> to show you these bloody sisters. Uh, it was remade, of course, as the terrible English film The Uninvited. Right. Um, with um, uh, Elizabeth Thanks and Emily, yes, Emily yes, Browning. Yes. Um, so she was in that. He just loves her. Uh, he knows the director of Tale of Two Sisters. Okay. And that director basically said, like, come to the auditions, like, check out some of these people I'm mm. seeing. And uh, so that they... they um, oh, so he sees her auditioning right. for so, Tale of Two Sisters. And, like, basically before. knows gotcha. her. And okay. is like, she's great. Yeah. Uh, I think she is great. She is. Film. Oh, she's yeah. incredibly winning. And this is like, this is a tough uh, yeah. performance. It's a tough performance to be like, oh, she was charming. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, like to play someone who's not really in conversation with themselves. Yeah. 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 Is sort of performing oddly. The character is performing oddly within the movie, but it's mm -hmm. all sort of unresolved trauma going on. So you need to have the depth going on underneath the surface, even if she's kind of inscrutable right and i was i was really struck by how much she loved her grandma like i i was yes. struck by how much i was moved by that mm -hmm. um because you kind of you don't really see her emote otherwise yeah yeah right. she is like large it's true she's largely shut off but they have a connection that's kind of beyond words well that's yeah. right it's like yeah. that's the central trauma of the movie is her grandmother was the person who actually cared about her and the yeah. person she actually related to and then she saw Everyone around her go like, no, forget about her. Well, you know what's wild? She is can't exist in society. In the one of the reasons why she complains about her grandma, the, the mom complains about the grandma is that she only eats radishes at home. Yeah, disgusting. and then I don't know if you picked up on this, but when they go into the mental institution, they're served radishes. Right, like that's what the lady's crunching on the whole time. I don't know. That's probably symbolic of something, and I have sure no idea. <laughs> I mean, radishes are delicious and crunchy, and yeah. I personally love radishes. That was probably what the symbolism is. That uh, the, they're, they're delicious. delicious product placement <laughs> for radishes. Big radish was yeah. behind this movie. <laughs> I, it was a 20th century radish production. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that. Um, Re-Rain, he also says, I wanted someone not technically polished, but who could reflect the pure innocence of the character. Mm -hmm. 
a bit of a backhanded compliment there. Sure. This is apparently Rain's first film. Mm-hmm. He's been in television. I think he's good in this. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I was shocked by how much he didn't. And this is going to sound like a backhanded thing, mm. but I mean this as a true compliment. Is he didn't seem to want to seem like a movie star? No. Like, right. and I mean that in the best way. There's like, like no ego to this. No ego. Yeah. No, like trying to be glamorous or no. handsome. Just straight up, like I want to play the role this movie needs. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. That's it's not it's not a very show offy performance at all, right. and he mm-hmm. not. You know, he's wearing a mask, especially the first chunk of the movie. A lot of like helmets. The, yeah, exactly. Right. There's not like right, a lot but there's of, yeah, the bunny mask for that's that's one of his right. big sort of defense mechanisms, I yeah. feel like. You know, but he's he, pretty happy with how the movie comes out, uh-huh. but it doesn't do very well. Right. Um, and it's you know, it's obviously sort of heavy on CGI and experimentation for him and all that. Like mm-hmm. he's trying some new stuff, but I I don't think he's down on this movie at all. Sure. Yeah. Uh and I guess he basically goes right into Speed Racer after this. Uh, well, Rain does, yes. So, uh, oh, 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 oh I, I was Park, you were saying. Sorry, park, yes. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah, I guess he'd never done something with this sort of amount of digital effects. Um, Not that his films no. become super heavy with I think, it later well, on. His film, like, Decision to Leave uses a lot of visual effects yeah. to accomplish, like, kind of more strange camera right, moves yes. and things like yeah. that. But right, right. It's rare. He doesn't really do movies about, like, supernatural things. No, no. Yeah. Um... Mm. I like, I mean, so Rain's character in this film, he says that he's basically spent the last five years in institutions in different facilities. Mm -hmm. And he's sort of in this rut of feeling like, I just can't function in society. Yes. But he's in this odd in-between place of like, he is sort of more cognitively together than everyone else around him, but also not together enough to be able to exist outside of these walls. Right, right. He also... Sorry, go ahead. No, no. He knows enough to understand that everyone else is behaving strangely. Right. But he doesn't... His his response to that is, how can I entertain myself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He also is um, kinder, I feel like, than... Or, or, or more willing to try to figure out how to help people than the actual doctors there. That's... This is what I really like about this movie yeah, and I find very I touching that. is that he's like fucking with all these other people and then yeah. he sees her and he really connects to her and he becomes the first person to like speak her language. Yeah, yeah. Like he actually, everyone else is sort of like, I don't know what to do with this fucking woman, right? She's like off in her own insane world, but her world is also dangerous because she's not eating because she's stuffing wires into her veins, right? Right. Like all these things she's doing and her belief that she's a cyborg are like, Causing severe harm. They're not harmful to anyone else, but they're going to to kill her. Yes. They're absolutely going to kill her. Right. And he's the one person who's like, what if I like enter her world? Right. Right. That was so sweet. What if I can share in the delusion or whatever, however you want to put it. Right. Like entertain the concept she's wrestling with as a way of reaching her. Which look, as you said, there's no nurse ratchet in this movie, but none of the employees of the facility know how to deal with her. No, I mean, to be fair, I also wouldn't know how to deal with her. I wouldn't either. I would struggle to tell someone who wants to eat batteries that they shouldn't eat batteries. She licks them. Yeah, right. Well, to be but fair. I do feel like it was just an example of a man taking a woman seriously instead of being like, you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very nice. But there is that moment Time where... Time to listen. Um, <laughs> the, there's like a moment where one of the doctors towards the end of the movie is like talking with her and trying to figure out what's wrong with her, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And then you see the doctor get kind of giddy right. about trying to diagnose this right, person. Like what a strange like, case this is. Yeah. Yes. And right. then you're like, oh, like that right. feels ethically bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. again, obviously this film is not a realistic portrayal of anything, but right. I do right. think there is that 
that element of like she's an intriguing case first and a person second right. to, to some people. Or yeah, whatever, right? she, it, she's like, right, she's like a puzzle for them to solve. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this film is a romantic comedy. I do think you can call it that, mm-hmm. right? But uh, it is more like like the romance is sort of secondary to just their sort of compassionate friendship or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Like this is not really a, I guess you could call it kind of a love story. Ultimately gets yes, there, but it takes right. a while before it feels like it really becomes romantic. That's the thing. Yeah. It takes a while right. before it really is even about the pair of them. They're kind There's of just, so much environmental stuff. Right. He's just kind of hovering around for a good chunk of the movie. Right. It's another thing I find interesting is it, the movie does kind of change perspectives several times. It does. You know, you're not yes. always with her. You start with the mother, then you're sort of from the perspective almost of the employees, the the other patient who's giving her the tour. You know, it takes a while before you're in her headspace. Right. And even then, you're then shifting back and forth between him and her. Um, for Which sure. is part of why you don't know. You can't always anticipate when something's going to turn into a fantasy sequence. Because you might feel like you're in an objective reality, and then suddenly her fingertips turn into guns and her mouth opens up. Right. And for her, that's times. like reality. Right. Yes. Which is hard to reconcile because how does she feel about what happens afterwards? Right, right, right. If that makes sense. Yes. But we don't really, again, the movie is not really rooted in anyone's perspective, like you say. Yeah. Her hair is very big. Yeah. Yeah. I also think. That was a great observation. Thank you. Her her eyebrows are blonde. Oh, another she does have great the light eyebrows. That's very true. I'm like, yeah. Which is very. Years ahead of the trend? I was going to say, yeah, that was popular last year. Yeah. 2022. Oh, right now. that was popular last year? Oh, I really missed out on this trend. Kim, Kim <laughs> went to the Met with with blonde eyebrows. Kim Kardashian. I have first name basis. Oh, but, yeah. I see. I truly, when you said Kim, I was like the last name of a Korean person. Right. There oh, are a lot of our Korean people right, with course. that name, of course. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Well, good for her. Um. Yeah. Why aren't your eyebrows blonde? Jesus. I know. What a good question. Well, David, I'll you get should on that. fucking bleach your eyebrows. <laughs> I think that would look so bad. I um, just am born this way. Wow. You have, you have wow. fair eyebrows. I, you know, we were all thinking it and nobody had the guts to say it. Oh, by the way, Karen, uh, Ben got uh, his ears pierced recently. Really? That's true. Ben's just got one. the stud. Wait, where's where? the stud? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can barely yeah. see it. At 37, he decided impulsively. That's a great idea. You have yeah. pierced ears. Karen, I do. I do. Call you out. I'm thinking about getting a second piercing for either ear. Oh, you should do it. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. Why not? Ben's, I feel great. I see Ben like getting competitive. Like you ben, said like, second piercing and Ben like sort of like narrowed his I eyes. Have, like, I mean, second yeah. piercing is in like piercings three and four. So Ben, you got to oh, sure. catch right. up. All right. Right. Ben has <laughs> one piercing right now. Mm, I have zero. <laughs> yeah, I got none. Yeah. Uh, you guys got to get caught up. Yeah. yeah. But Ben is calling this just his. so worried about seeming like a dad who's having a midlife crisis. Are you having a midlife crisis though? I don't know. Like the piercing might tip me in that direction. Yeah, you're also I mean, a dad. That's a problem. Ben can get away with it because he is. That's what I'm saying. I just feel like it's a thing dads do. And you're kind of like, okay. That's pretty okay, cool. Dad. No, right. it's, listen, it's acceptable as a 37 year old guy. <laughs> Ben's For the first what, time in my life. He's calling my ear pierced. Bad boy 2.0 phase. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, anyway, but yes, yeah, she does have, you know, she just has big hair. The design of her is, I feel like, intentionally robot And very yeah. sort of jagged bangs. Yes. yes. Like it looks like she cut it herself with like childproof arts and craft scissors. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She yeah. looks like slightly plasticky because yes. her face is 
because of the, the the bleached eyebrows, I feel like it makes her look. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like drawn. Yes. Yeah. And and, and then she's the, the, literally wearing like a, like a burlap sack. Like they're yeah. she is wearing a burlap. They're sack. They're jumpsuits. Yes. Not for, everyone else is wearing a burlap sack. Right. Like Rain is wearing clothes. Yes. He's wearing like a button down. Yeah. Or whatever. I also love the woman whose condition was, I guess, just skincare. <laughs> yes. 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 She's obsessively. Fun. So funny. Right. Uh, the other one? There's the mythomaniac who's the one who can't remember her own life, so she compulsively makes up narratives. Right. Right. And then she says, she tells uh, her that one of the guys, his problem is that he uh, sewed his butthole closed. Right. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, but that's not true. No, but he does compulsively constantly pull yes. fabric out of his ass crack. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, yes, who else is there? There's the polite person. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of, I'm trying to think of other stuff that happened in this movie. There's a lot of table tennis. Right. Uh, there's a grandfather clock that they're all kind of obsessed with. Right, because someone died inside the grandfather yes. clock. Yeah. Um, the, the the facility itself is very, like, bright. There's a lot of, like, art on the walls, I feel like. You know, there's a lot of sort of, there's like a big water feature with um, plants and stuff. Like it's it got this kind of whimsical quality. Kind of feel like a daycare center. It right. Does, sort yeah. of like a kindergarten almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a cute cat. Um, who's the guy with the glasses? Oh, the one who's angry? Yeah, who's got like sort of the cravat and stuff. Is he the impotent guy who had the furry wife? Yes, that's yes. right. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's what it is. Which he means that literally. He's not saying his wife was into like uh, uh, anthropomorphized. She had fur right. on her face. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, do we think that was true? Probably not. Yeah. But I don't know. It's sort of part of the fun, right? It's <laughs> yeah. what I like about this movie. Yeah, that it doesn't Pants give to you... the wife and it's a dog. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Good for him. Yeah, furriest wife of all. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, like, what else? There's this whole section where Rain puts on what I want to call a sort of where the wild things are crown mask. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, is he a robot? What's what's going on there? He's letting exactly. the wild rumpus start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it looks, yeah, something... I feel like that's when he's starting to get closer to her. Right. Yeah. I I view that as him trying to relate to her. Exactly. Because he, be he wears a lot in. of masks to sort of, yeah, whatever. I did like, love the himself. moment where uh, when everybody sort of starts going feral and like yelling, he just sort of closes the hole on his mask and he's yes. like in his little mask. Yes. That was a great move. Um, yeah, but he starts he's really handsome. He's He's hot. Uh, he starts really engaging with the rules of her reality, mm -hmm. right? I, I need to recharge in this way. I can't eat food because it will cause me to short circuit. Uh, the way I know that my batteries are charged, my toenails light up. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, all these different things. As her condition is getting worse and worse, she keeps on putting herself in these extreme situations. And more than anything, she's like on this perpetual hunger strike. Yes. They cannot get her to I mean, eat. she has a little battery in a little lunch pail that she will lick, but that's right. not really doing it for her <laughs> right. stomach-wise. Right. But I just like, I, I, I'm I, very moved by the whole sort of section where he like builds the device for her. Yes. Yeah. And is like, this converts human food into electrical currents. Right. Yeah. This makes it safe for you to eat. Like he really just gets to her level the scene where he does basically like the surgery on her. Yeah. Where he's going to like rewire her, you yeah. know? Yeah. And you see him with the the scalpel Ugh. and then it cuts to her like wincing in pain and as if he's cutting pencil. her open. It's a pencil. He's drawing like a little, a little door on her back. That scene is also like, 
it's sort of like the only time the film really brushes against like sexuality. She has oh, yes. to like undress for him, mm-hmm. but he's obviously very shy about it and right. it's not really like looking. You're only seeing her back. You only see her back, right. but there's this kind of like tenderness and intimacy to it that it's, is interesting. It's very intimate. Yes. yes. There's a funny moment where, because he is using that like locket of his mom, right? Yes. That woman is supposed to be his mom. I don't know, because I didn't watch it with subtitles. I assume it was done well where there's a part where they're sitting together and he like looks at the picture of his mom and he essentially just says his mom was really hot. And of course, the boys didn't leave her alone. Do you, I don't know if that... I don't... I, I like laughed out loud. He like looks at this picture of his mom looking... I want to say, I'm sure she's a beautiful woman. In that photo, she does not look at all attractive or trying to be attractive. And he yes. looks at it and he's just sort of like, of course, the men didn't leave you alone. Mega, <laughs> I was like, that's Mega so babe. sweet. <laughs> there is something funny though to like as we're going through like their their conditions right yeah. the like the the game that each character has that's sort of their problem their condition most of them are like not bad things right it's like right, right. this person's too polite this yeah. person's like too regimented about their skincare yeah. right this person feels shame about who they loved yeah. right and like everyone's trying to like solve her as like a sport how do you get this woman to stop thinking she's a robot right and he's basically like how do I convince her that I've upgraded her robotics so that she can act like a human? Yeah. You don't make her act, stop acting right. like You're a robot. You're not going to snap her out of it. That doesn't seem like You make her right. think that the technology is evolving. Right. And suddenly she can do other things. She's a cyborg, but that's okay. In, in fact. Um, Karen, does that happen? When you watch a f- Korean film mm-hmm. and you see it maybe with English subtitles, mm-hmm. do you note a disparity between what's actually being said and how it's been sort of simplified for an English language audience? Because I have heard about this, particularly with Korean. Shout out to Stephanie Wai Hong. Did this for a living. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. You know what? A funny thing is I watched Parasite with my parents in the theaters. Our whole family went. My brother was also there. I don't know why I really cut him out of that story. I went with my parents. My brother also showed up uninvited. (laughs) Kept complaining that there wasn't enough Barbosa in it. Truly his favorite character. We love him. I mean, he is a good um, character. Great character. We were, yeah, we were watching it. And I remember the four of us realized there. we were like, oh, there must be another Korean speaker towards the front of the theater. Because we all laughed at something that nobody else in the theater had laughed at. Right. I don't remember what it was. Sure. But it was clearly like a joke that didn't translate onto the, you know, in the subtitles. But yes. um, yeah. And I think there are literally words that exist in one language and the other that don't exist in the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're like, well, what can you do? That's just... That's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, what else do we want to talk about with uh, I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay. Which is not a really like sort of narratively straight movie. It's like it's not like there there isn't uh, you know like there's it's episodic. There's stuff yeah, that happens. No, well, yeah. I, re- I read some like I mean obviously translations of uh, reviews uh, at the time. So who knows if the wording is being presented to me correctly? But people complaining that this movie was slow paced. Oh, and I, I wouldn't think, call it slow paced. It's a very energetic movie, but I mean, it, it's meandering in its story. Exactly, and he doesn't made, have a lot of plot. He made yeah. three like fucking vengeance, revenge thrillers, right? That are very like Hitchcockian and complex. Propulsive. And, the yeah, man on a yeah. mission, woman on a mission. Here's what you got to do. Yeah. You have your target. This movie moves a lot. It, it just moves, moves in like a thousand different directions at all times. It moves sideways a lot. Maybe is that what? Maybe that's what they yeah. meant. Like it's not really going to a new place. Yes. I no. Feel. No. I would. Yeah. I would but agree it's, with it's that. not slow paced. I love learning that it was. I love learning. But I love it's, learning that it, it was. Um, 
inspired by Toy Story or partly inspired by Toy Story. No, no, I th- it does make sense. The sort of like, you know, there's imaginative play happening yeah. in yeah. a weird way in this place. Right. Yeah. As much as there is this like, which I guess is sort of true of Toy Story too, where you're sort of like, there is there's a slightly melancholic element to what's slightly. happening to this. <laughs> Toy Story 2 is so sad. Yeah, it's oh my, my favorite movie. Well, I mean, as we, we've talked about Toy Story on this podcast, but yes, obviously, as the Toy Story movies progress and oh, you can only ask more right. questions about these immortal beings yes. yeah. and but like the, what their existence is, then yes, it gets sad. But there's sadder. the other part of it that's sort of very connected to the, the characters in the institution in this movie, which is like, Rex's entire existential crisis is like, I do not fit the behavior of a dinosaur, Mm -hmm. but I was manufactured to be a dinosaur. Right. Mm -hmm. This is not my spirit. Right. Right. And you have these things that are like built for- Yet I must roar. I must roar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. All Mr. Potato Head would love to do is for his facial features to stay in place. (laughs) And yet the curse always falling out. Um, yeah, well, also, he has to, like, keep his frown in his butt. Like, he has a weird sort of thing. My friend, I think he's keeping the smile in his butt. He's frowning most he of the time. He frowns often, that's true. I had a Mr. Potato Head. Me what too. A strange toy. Incredible toy. I guess so. It's also so funny that it was, I mean, you guys know that the original toy was just a box of parts and went, provide your own potato. What? That's why it was called Mr. Potato Head. Was Wait, it was really? just Yeah, it was just a box of, and they were much sharper. Because sure, they had to be able to get through a vegetable. And it a raw vegetable. vegetable yes. again. Vegetable. <laughs> yeah, great. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then at some point, they were like, well, the brand is Mr. Potato Head, but we should start selling the body. Kids, like, parents don't want kids playing with a moldy potato. So then they turn to a plastic potato. And then you're like, that's weird that it's still just, like, this sort of, like, brown plastic oblong that doesn't really look like a potato anymore and you just tell me it is. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't... I don't know. I just remember he didn't really jive with my other toys. He's such a strange being. He's also very large. Yeah. So, like, you put him against, like, an action figure. You Weird be scale. Like, what, are these guys are friends? Like, yeah. what, what am I supposed to do with this? Well, once again, I think the characterization's on point. He's not really friends with anyone else in Andy's room. Except for Mrs. Potato Head. Well, right. I mean, you she was made for him. I love in the beginning of the first movie where he goes like, what are you looking at, you hockey puck? He does say <laughs> and that. And then after that, I, anytime I had like a team name, I always was like, we should be the hockey pucks. Cool. Yeah. Even in basketball? Even in basketball. <laughs> Which is your favorite of the Toy Stories? The first one. You're, you're, you're number one. Yeah. yeah. I also rewatched it because I have a niece and nephew. I rewatched yes. it. During the pandemic. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, this is just a movie about like jealousy and rage and unbridled. Yes. It right, was right. And you work in show business. Yes. So you know yeah. about that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but it was incredible of like how jealousy can become evil if you let it, you know what I like it was, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. No, wow. Woody is a quite as we've talked about. Yeah. Like he's a pretty green-eyed yeah. and and petty man. I mean, and once again, we've done reason. five full episodes on I, We have. We, we love to No, but I'm... Yeah, I, you gotta re-record. Sure, I am always happy to talk about <laughs> Sorry, you were about to say. Oh, no, I was just gonna say, the only reason he's able to pull it off and be a likable protagonist is I think it's because it's Tom Hanks. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. performance from Tom do you Hanks. Know, yes. Do you know the crazy story where, like, it was Jeffrey Katzenberg, that's, like, the end of his... I'm retelling a thing, but it was on no, Patreon before. It was on Patreon, so it's fine. Say into Katzenberg's run before he leaves for DreamWorks, right? Uh-huh. And his big thing was like, I want to make like an animated movie that's more for adults, that wow. has like edgier humor. Uh-huh. And it like basically Shrek becomes what he was always trying to push. Shrek? Yeah, I right? love Shrek. But like that was the vibe he wanted of like, can it be like a lot more sarcastic yeah, and yeah, sort yeah. of like in on the joke and whatever. And the Disney brand was so strong that when Pixar comes in from the outside with the Toy Story pitch, he's like, maybe this is the avenue to be able to do something. Mm. 
that's a little more biting and a little more hard edge. And so they're developing the movie and he keeps on pushing them to be like meaner, darker, you know, more acidic, whatever. And then they do this screening where they like have the scratch template voices and the storyboards and they screen it for all the Disney executives right before they give them the thumbs up and give them the money to start animating. And they're like, it was the most disastrous screening of all time. It was like the darkest film we had ever seen. Right. It was like so brutally dark. Disney wanted to shut it down and Pixar was like, give us a weekend. We'll fucking, we'll roll it back. Wow. And I find it fascinating that that's the whole story of like the movie almost falls apart because it was too dark. And then you watch it and you're like, in the version that came out yeah. and was a massive totemic hit that has lasted, he is still such an asshole. He must yeah. have been really intolerable. In the end. Like, because, yeah, he's, an, look, he's a relatable. Yeah, I, you get it. So you get why man. Woody feels the way he feels. Of course, yeah. But he is not the typical, like, no. If he were to sing an I want song, it would be like, I want this guy to go away because yeah, I feel get inadequate. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. And he's like, he's petty. Yeah. He's like rude. He's sarcastic. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's all Hanks. Oh, we love Hanks. We love Hanks. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Right? Famously. Yeah. yeah. He's got to be nice. Yeah. I think yeah. he's pretty nice. He must be. Did you see that quote from him recently where he was, they were like, you have a reputation for being nice. And he's like, it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of times true. on set where I really would have loved to have been an asshole. Yeah. I really, really bet that. I feel like if you're Larry David, yeah. it's so much easier being Larry David than being Tom Hanks. Because right? people want you to be kind of a jerk. Right. And, and But if then you, if you're nice, people are like, like, oh my God. That's the thing. Everyone says Larry David is very nice. But I bet it's just because he's not as rude as you think he's going to be. Yeah. Right. Brilliant. Whereas if Tom Hanks doesn't hand you $100 in cash as soon as you meet him, you're going to be like, what an asshole. I was just. (laughs) You need to not only be nice. nice. Where's my money? Where's my money? Balancing my bank account. I heard you're wealthy as hell. I will say that's why I bought you coffee seconds into meeting you. Yeah. I was just like, I better fucking be the Hanks. It is nice here. For the record, I offered you that coffee. You did. You were reaching for the wallet. Yeah. And I was like, you were were literally buying more drinks for blank check hosts (laughs) than yourself right now. I will buy these drinks. (laughs) I just, I love the admission from Hanks of like, because you read all those stories about him and you're like, is he just wired better than all of us? He's just just a a relatively well-adjusted guy. He is, but he also was like, it takes fucking effort to be nice all the time. He's trying to be nice. I I try to do it. It's hard work being nice. It is. That's true. But that's okay. But that's okay. I think more title should be reassuring in that way. Yes. It was a great title. Incredible title. Yeah. I am pretty sold by the title alone. Yeah. But I did have, I did expect her to be a cyborg. You thought going in. Sure. The only thing I knew about this film was the poster in yeah. which she is sort of floating. They're in like this green yes. padded room. Right. Well, because the scene where they and finally they're... kiss for the first time, she has to float up to be able to reach him. Correct. Yeah. Um, and oh, they're floating. It is yeah. very cute. Yes. But I thought like, oh, yeah, this is like about a guy who falls in love with a robot. Yeah. Like, that's what it'll be about. Yeah. The, you know, the other thing this movie isn't is like the K-Pax of like, but what if she is secretly? She might. Right. They think she's crazy, but what There's if she's no really? winking at like, hey, man, maybe she is. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even just the first time you see her, if, if I remember correctly, is in the mother explaining the suicide attempt. And you see clearly that she cuts in and her arm bleeds. Yes. Like, they're not showing you her mind's eye. Oh, it's a bunch of wires and gadgetry. Like, you see that this was actually an act of violence. Um, yes, it's actually a very shocking moment. Uh, so shocking that I did sort of initially have the thought of, like, this can't be real because what a, what a way to start the movie. And then yeah. you realize, well, no. I think the score in this movie is very fun. There's basically one main theme he plays over and over and over again. Yeah. 
That's very whimsical and jaunty. Music is credited to three different people. Oh, really? So I don't know what the vibe is there. Wow. Um, but one of them is his sort of main composer, Joe Young-wook. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, um, you but, have the, uh, yeah. the end sequence where they sort of go out in the rain. Yes, a lovely, lovely sequence, in yeah. my opinion. Um, yes, where basically, well, wait, like, like, yeah, wait, there's, there's this, you know, so, okay, so she fantasizes about uh, going on a rampage in the hospital because he's kind of like, you need to stop being sympathetic to the white coats, right? Uh-huh. Like, that's that's what sort of prompts all of that. Right. Um, they start giving her shock therapy. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's recharging her. Like, they think it's helping. Neither of these things are really working. Right? And she's it's sort of just like to eat. beautiful, sad metaphor yes. for like, you know, how these interventions often are sort of like, you're checking a box, but nothing's really happening. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, he starts feeding her the food, mm-hmm. using the food to electrical converter <laughs> yes. or whatever, the rice Megatron. Yeah. Um, and, um, but why, why do they go into this? Oh, because like, she's she starts to think that she's a bomb and like lightning will make oh, her blow up. yes. Because yeah. her grandma, that's what she thinks her grandma was saying was the purpose of her existence. Right. right? Yes. And it was like the purpose of your existence. It's like you are a nuclear bomb. The, you should blow up. It's like you need a certain like 10,000 volts or something and you right. will blow up or something like that. Yeah. Um, they go so out with this giant They go pole. out with a big lightning yeah. rod yeah. and she's ready to get struck by lightning and he puts a little cork on top of it Aww. to protect her from the wine bottle that yeah. they were, uh, you know, drinking out of. And um, it's this nice little reveal, right? Mm-hmm. Of his yeah. sort of like continued enabling of her delusion but in this sort of practical way yeah. right is that the best way to put it yes. i don't know yeah no because he well because he gets through to her mm-hmm. right right but he gets through to her it's not exactly patronizing even but like you know by like whatever by like indulging her but also right. helping her in a way that helps her indulge i don't know i don't know but also his whole problem is sociopathy right and he learns that he has the capacity to care for someone else, the amount of effort he puts into, whereas everyone else he's kind of like winding up to watch from a distance, you know, as they spiral out into their own shit. He's like engaging with her and helping her. Mm-hmm. He's using the same kind of little stinker uh, um, uh, instincts that he yes. uses to stir shit up. Okay, right. But, but it's out of an act of pure empathy. Right. So he's like learning that he has the ability to care for another person. Which is nice. Yes. Um, nonetheless, this film was a uh, disappointment at the Korean box office. Mm-hmm. Is there any, there's nothing else about the ending, right? Like that's that's the end of the movie. Yeah. 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 Is them in the, in the the rainbow. The credit sequence. Appears and then right. there's the credits. The rainbow connection. There is the, the credit sequence, which we should shout out, in which everyone who's involved in the film, their names are projected on the screen. It's crazy. In, in, in an order. Yeah. You know, Not just like spoiler alert. By. This is the first time this had to happen. I'm just trying to place it in a timeline. Right. Like, what the hell is this? Yeah. A bunch of words? Yeah. Like, all the actors get a shout out. I know. It's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. Big ups. The sound guys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Nobody um, is left out. No one is Even left out. Even the best out. boys. Even the best, the best boys. boys. Uh, we got three truly the, were the best of we boys. We got three of the best boys here. Um, the boy to pat us on the back. Yep, exactly. Okay. Um, it did uh, make about two, and it made about four million dollars at the Korean box office, which was not very good. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was not very popular with critics. It made like three of the highest grossing local films of all time. I can yes. see, because I think the idea of like, it would be 
this is so embarrassing. Who made The Godfather? Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. If that, if he was like, I'm doing a rom com, I feel like people who normally watch rom coms are like, I don't want to see a rom com by this guy. That is absolutely. And everybody the who vibe. likes his stuff is going to be like, I don't want to watch a rom com. I want another Godfather, and then nobody is going to go watch it. Yes. Yeah. Francis Ford Coppola made a weird, dreamy musical with Tom Waits songs that he self financed himself and drove himself into bankruptcy. <laughs> It's called One from it's the Heart. One from the but heart. it's exactly it's very what you're strange describing. Film. Where wow, he was yeah. just like, and it's all dreamlike, and it's all these transitions through mirrors, and, and it's these like, lost when, souls. when is there a horse's head? Right. Though? Yeah. Like, right. Severed. And he was just like, I no, this is what I need to be making. And people were like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. They were yeah. furious. They were furious. And like mocked him for like his foolishness. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, this was maybe not quite as epic a bomb as that, but it's yeah. certainly. It didn't ruin Park Chan-wook's life no, for a decade. No, but it definitely got this, basically, this reaction of, like, what do you think you're doing? Yeah, I think. Mm -hmm. you know, go, like, go back to your lane. Um, and so, but he thinks, uh, he at the time of release, he says it's one of his favorite films that he's ever made. Uh, he says he has the most fun watching it. Mm -hmm. um, he says he put the most affection into it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it hurts the most seeing it being treated unkindly. His daughter thought it was mid. <laughs> Uh, it was not released in American theaters, mm. uh, so it was not really reviewed by American critics, mm -hmm. um, but it did play at some festivals. Uh, I think it was at Berlin, where it maybe won a prize, um, but, you know, not really much to talk about on that front, so we're going to have to play the box office game from its release date, but in America, which is a box office game we've done before again. Fuck. But don't worry, you never remember these anymore. No, I don't remember anything. But I think it's going to be fun because I want to see if Karen has seen this movie. The reason we've done this box office game before. How do you feel about the movie The Holiday? Oh, I did love The Holiday. We've done it on Listen, the show. Listen, The Holiday is so long, it makes no sense. And I think it's a bad movie. Okay, but you I love are correct. watching it. You are right. But now Griffin's <laughs> going to ask you a very important question because okay. we are divided. Which half? Of the holiday, uh -huh. do you think you've got is better? Cameron Which Diaz oh, okay. with Jude Law, and you've got Jack Black with, uh, you know, lovely U.S. or UK? Um, when you have to pick between those two, yes. U.S. Thank but you. But here's the ultimate. Here's the thing that I found so annoying is you watch that whole movie that I feels like it's four hours long. Just, well, it, I then, believe it is four hours. It's an epic miniseries. Yeah, it's like the, the sorrow end, and the pity that fucking movie. <laughs> at the very end, you see for like two seconds. Kate Winslet and Jude Law just dancing together as siblings and yes. they have so much chemistry yes. that it's disturbing because yes. you're their siblings but also you're like that's the rom-com we wanted we don't want you think there should be a holiday too where they're like should we partner swap again and Cameron Diaz <laughs> is like that's your brother right. it's like, right. like but, come Kate's on like the heart wants what it yeah, wants can you deny? and Nancy Myers is like keep rolling this is gold <laughs> oh man I agree with you on all counts we uh you we prefer Kate Winslet in America uh-huh with Jack Black going Scooby-Doo. No. To be clear, what I prefer is Jude Law in a different rom-com that's good, where oh, okay. he is the right. protagonist. And sure. nothing else from this movie is preserved, except for the sweet old man who lives next you, door. You like the sweet old I man. I want the sweet who old man and Jude Law. Who becomes, things, you want the two of them. I want two of them to be You want Eli friends. Wallach on Jude Law. You're doing some heavy <laughs> no, surgery on the holiday at this I want When Jude I was a kid, Law. we had sex with women. Now I have sex with Jude Law. <laughs> My dream version of the holidays, Jude Law is the one who comes to the U.S., yeah. Yeah, lives okay. in that house, falls in love with, with Eli me. Wallach. Oh, oh, no, with Karen, with Karen and my okay. grandpa is Eli Wallach. I, and this then is we a good movie. all have the holidays together. Yeah. Do you still want him to have like, uh, you know, a, a cow? Kid? 
he doesn't have a cat. Well, yeah. he does have a cow. He has a cow man. in that movie. Uh, but no, two daughters. That's do you want him fine. to do They're Mr. So... Napkin Head? Oh, of course I Good want day. him to right. do Right, you Mr. want all of that. Head. You yeah. want him to be daddy. Do you want I Cameron guess. Diaz loudly shrieking that she is bad at sex, <laughs> no. which she does constantly in that <laughs> yes. movie? Every time I rewatch The Holiday, I'm like, I remember everything that's in this movie. Then I forget that Cameron Diaz is like, I'm so bad at sex. Yeah, but David, <laughs> she's great at editing movie trailers. She is. She sure is. Wait, the other movie I want instead of this movie is her two assistants are John Krasinski Correct. and Catherine Hahn. That's right. I want that rom-com. Yeah. They that's do a seem, delight. They may literally be having a, you know, Rosencrantz Gildenstern movie. You know, they might be yeah. having a romance within that movie. We yeah. just don't see it. Oh, man. They're two cuties. They're Absolutely. two cuties. Yeah. Yeah, and then Krasinski's in It's Complicated. Yes. 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 As, as the, he's not one of the children. He's marrying he's into married. that sixth family. Soon to be son-in-law. You do? Yeah. What's your favorite Nancy Myers movie? The Parent Trap. Yeah. I believe I put that as my number one as well. No, I put The Intern <gasps> at number one. Oh, Griffin once you again did? canceled. Yeah. You put The Intern over The Parent Trap? Parent Trap was my number two, to be fair. Also my number two. Something's got to give was your number one. That though. movie's a masterpiece. You think who's too old? The guy is too old. Yeah, J- Jack Nicholson, <laughs> yeah, the guy. Like, sorry. Mr. I forgot his name. <laughs> Mr. Basketball. As I was watching, I was like, oh, I'm too old. I, I don't love that movie. <laughs> sorry, is that horrible? Because here's what I think. It's not hard. I think a lot I of like, people thought that. A lot of people are not that into his. I like yeah. movies with cute old people falling in love. That's you don't great. want them to be horny. I don't want him to be horny for that. For uh, what's her? Diane Amanda Pete in the oh, beginning. Oh, well, oh yes. uh, well, sure. Yes. That's true. That, Way like, too old for her. I'm out. Yeah. I mean, like, of course, that is the plot this. of the movie is that that is not cool. Right. Yeah. But then once that happened, I was like, Diane Keaton deserves better than this well, weird. She's old literally man. offered Keanu Reeves on a plate. I know. I know. And, and she and she she dips her bread. She gets some gravy on there. <laughs> but then she's like, you know what? Take it back. Take it back. Bring me the dry aged steak. See, dry. This is why I love the intern. Is I think he's such a sweet character. He's so Alton, sweet. you're a right. nice man. There's no romance there. That's obviously. the good best friend. use of Robert De Niro. Yes, it's his. It's his best performance. Is <laughs> <laughs> the pinnacle of his screen career. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of how many other De Niro movies are better than The Intern, but they're all inappropriate for Karen's yeah. taste. You know what yeah. I mean? Name I'm like, well, but no, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> it may just be The Intern. Right. It's the best Robert De Niro. I'm trying yeah. to think Meet of if the I... parents, I suppose. I haven't seen that. I he's should watch it. I better in The Intern than he is. He's far better in The Intern than he's in The yeah. Meet the Parents is not a movie that has aged well no. at all. No. But the sequels have aged worse. <laughs> that is That is true. Okay, so the holiday box is in this game. box okay. office game, Griff, which I probably don't remember because we did that many I, years ago. Uh, yeah, too long ago at this point. Uh, but but the holiday kind of bombed. It's lower. In it the... did. It opened number three to twelve yeah. million dollars yeah. uh, in a sort of weird weekend where like a lot of movies are opening around that right period around that number. I'm trying to remember, we talk... number one is a is a period um, action. Horror. November, December, 2006. We're talking December 7th, 2006. Okay. I'm just, I'm trying to play this because I, I mean, we talked about this on that episode, but The Holiday, one of the only movies I've ever walked out of and not by my choice, my friends stormed out and I wow. followed them. Right. And I'm trying to remember yeah. what else we Well, went. they were hungry. It was hour 82. Oh. And they were like, we need to eat. <laughs> and Eli Wallach was like, Mah. No, he's perfect. Back in my day, we didn't eat food. <laughs> Go on, we Eli. fire. And now I'm just making him the, the guy from Wet Hot American Summer. Okay. Um, 
Uh, yeah. But I feel like we walked out into a different movie, which is probably whatever was number one. You may well, well. Period action. Period is it action. Pride horror? and Prejudice. <laughs> I, it's so hard to describe what this movie is. It's, but it was a hit. It was a mild hit. A it mild was, hit. It was okay. the follow. It made about fifty million dollars in America. It was the follow up to one of the most successful oh, films Apocalypto. ever made. The film is Mel Gibson's Apocalypto, the um, Mayan apocalypse drama. Karen's sort of looking at me, sort of angrily. Oh, yeah, I've say. never heard of this movie before. It's his Passion After of the Christ. After he made, you know, you know, Mel Gibson made this film, The Passion of the Christ. About, this is a sequel uh, to Passion of the Christ. It's not a sequel, um, but it is. Um, it's his, his blank check. Movie. It is his blank check. It's the movie yes. where it's like after that he's like, great. Well, can I make a movie about? like, you know, set in Mayan society, yes. spoken in their indigenous language that is obscenely, insanely violent. And, right. Uh, you know, kind of crazy. Yeah, wow. with no stars in it. And the no. movie is essentially one 30-minute foot chase. Yeah. Wow. It's actually a great movie. It's an excellent film, unfortunately. It's it was directed really? by someone it's pretty crazy. How great it is. Um, but yeah, it's pretty fun. Ben, you dig Apocalypto, I feel like. Yeah, yeah we're all embarrassed that we like that yeah, movie. You know what? We're just rules. To Especially because yeah. the ending... Is always like kind of stuck in my craw. The ending is kind of incredible, I think. Yeah, but it also it's sort of like a little pro Christianity. I disagree with that, but we it, we got to save this for the Mel Gibson miniseries. We never do our finals. We record yeah. and then we just somehow bury it. I guess right. like we uh, shoot on the it computer we recorded yeah. it on. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Big pivot number two. Okay. It's a fun animated film we've covered on this podcast. Uh, in two thousand and six, and we've covered it on this podcast. And it's not a Selic, and it's not a bird. No, and it's, it's Happy Dr Feet. It's Happy Feet. Oh, the Penguin movie. Yes, I haven't seen it. Wow, wow. I thought you might have seen that it one. It does seem right up my alley. He's a dancing penguin. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very happy. See, all of penguins sing. Oh. And he doesn't sing. He goes tap 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 tap. Oh, and they don't. Cute. They cast him out of society because of that. Oh yep. man! So he has to dance his way across Antarctica yeah. or whatever, and back into their hearts. Um, yeah. Uh, Happy Feet, um, which we covered on the show. Happy Feet Two, better in my opinion. Happy Feet Two, a secret masterpiece. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt play, play, plays a gay shrimp in that film. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. Yeah, they play. Oh. They play a sort of existential, or they krill. They're krill. They're krill. Incredible. They're bottom feeders, but they love each other. They do. Uh, number three at the box office is the holiday. Mm -hmm. uh, number four is uh, an action film, big hit. Big hit. Major character. Film. Major character. Like this becomes an ongoing. It's been ongoing for many, John many Wick. years, and uh, not that. And uh, Stuart Little. But <laughs> You guys are both silent laughers, so I want the listeners to know they're dying right now. <laughs> you should laugh loudly. Karen, recently I've had a cold and I've been laughing like wheezed laughing, which has been much more audible. I'm sorry that I'm basically over the cold now. I was kind of doing that, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Uh, sort of a Stuart Little Harry vibe Potter. from this guy. Not Harry Potter, is but he is English. One? It's the first one with this actor. It's the oh, James oh, it's Bond. Surreal. There you go. James Bond's Casino Royale. Because there was, right, there was one straight month where Happy Feet and Casino Royale were the number one and number two they were dueling. movies in America. Yes. And, and fucking Mumble just kept on tap dancing all over the fucking Penguin Daniel Craig. did beat his ass. Have you seen Casino Royale? No. Have you seen any James Bond films? No. But you're aware of his Oh, yeah, I know. Vibe. I know who he is. Right. I'll say yeah. we watched uh, the Roger Moore. So if you met James him, Bond he wouldn't have to say Bond, James Bond. No, I'd be like, no. I know who you are. Right. <laughs> 
we we watched. I'd never seen the Roger Moore James Bond movies, which are mostly like the the seventies into the eighties ones. Uh, and we we watched them for the podcast last year. Very silly. Oh, yeah, really? those maybe a little more Karen. Wow, those are the silliest reaction shots from animals. Oh. Plenty. <laughs> there, not to spoil, but there is a a a, a moment where a, a pigeon sees James Bond doing something wild and does a double take. And that's <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah, and that's in a film about a British secret yeah. agent who you know assassinates people. And we gotta bring it back. <laughs> Number five at the box office. It's new this week. It's an Oscar-nominated uh, film. Kind of a not a huge hit. Blood reputation. It's Blood Diamond. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. It multiplied well, but it was kind of an underperformer. It opens to eight, and it makes 57. Not yeah. very good. No. Um, a movie you, I've still never seen. I assume you have not seen Blood Diamond. No. Very dramatic, very tense. A lot mm. of violence, a lot of sadness. Mm. I don't know. Uh, number six, Deja Vu, a uh, full-on masterpiece, uh -huh. uh, I've always said. Vertigo with two extra acts in a time machine. Um, <laughs> sorry, rear window, not Vertigo. Sure. Um, number seven, Unaccompanied Minors, Paul Feig's directorial yeah. debut, Now Forgotten. Based on a This American Life segment. Starring um, future uh, heartthrob Tyler James Williams, is that yes. his name? Uh, Chris from Everybody <gasps> really? is Chris. Yeah. Doc, wait. Mr. Eddie? Yeah. Yes, yes, I love exactly. Mr. Eddie. I just love that he is fucking doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that Chris from Everybody Hates Chris, who I was always like, oh, he's a child star. He was cute on that sitcom. It's yeah. just like he's a grown up now. He's a romantic lead on oh, a yeah. hit oh, sitcom. He's so doing handsome. great. Such a good actor. He's a really good actor. Yeah. Anyway. Love what him. was was it uh was it was it on Fallon. I saw him do some late night interview where he did his impression of how he can tell when people recognize him, which thing it's they know him show. from. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think, think it was Kimmel. I think it was on I Fallon. Like Look, it was a good segment. It would have been better if you had done a pass on it. But uh, <laughs> he he does like the bit everyone does about like oh different types of people recognize me from different right. stuff and I can tell. But he did his impression of just their facial reaction. And the difference between someone looking at him who watches Abbott Elementary, who knew him as a kid, and everybody hits Chris, or who saw him die in The Walking Dead. And it was really fun. Oh, I forgot he was also in The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah. I've really been with him from the beginning. I watched every episode We've of Everybody Hates Girl? Chris. Yes. Um, good show. Underrated sitcom. Yeah. Um, okay. And yeah, well, that's uh, the Nativity story is in the top 10 here. A weird flop. Uh, that's that's that's, a, the, that's the sort of very straightforward retail. It's post Passion of the Christ. There they were right, like, let's we'll do just do that. Literally the Nativity story, and it's it's Oscar Isaac and <gasps> Keisha Castle Hughes. Oh. Correct. Is uh, Oscar Isaac Jesus? He's Joseph. Jesus right. is played by a baby. Oh, right. Joseph, okay. kind of the original cuck. <laughs> yeah, got cucked by, by God. God. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> brutal had to really just take that out yeah like yeah. it's just like I've, I've i'm pregnant from someone else who the guy over there no, no. The god Lord. the big man <laughs> the <upstairs. Lord. laughs> our uh, lord uh, yeah. uh our next door neighbor no, our upstairs neighbor <laughs> and comedy points guy in the club uh we got a bunch of other christmas movies you've also got a film called deck the halls which one is that that's a <laughs> That movie is. Oh, you love it. Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito get caught in a bitter right, battle. In, a curse, in a, their, their houses. Who can have more lights on their house. Right, right. There glows the neighborhood. Yes. That was the tagline. That was the kind of, we used to, as a country, <laughs> as a nation. We used to make garbage. Like things. We used to put $50 million towards Matthew Broderick going, I don't know. He has the lights on the house. I'm going to put more lights on the house. 
Hey, it's so bright. My eyes are burned out. Yeah, that's right. I put the lights there. Now it would have to be a movie about like the business that invented Christmas lights or whatever. Ryan Reynolds would play both of them. (laughs) (laughs) Number 10. They'd both be secret agents. (laughs) Right. Chris Evans does four cameos. They, 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 number 10 at the box office, uh, final Christmas film, uh, The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, the one with Martin Short as Jack Frost. Do you have any feelings on the Santa Claus trilogy, Karen? I I know, but I love Martin Short. I think we would be really good friends. I think if you love Martin Short, you should never, ever see the Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Karen, I agree with you and I agree with David. Uh, I think you and and Martin Short would uh, get on like a house on fire. Oh, thank you so much. Absolutely. Have you never interacted? He's always on the late night shows. I've never met him before. Oh, you should. I feel like he's also quite small. We would just be like two buds. Oh, you're, I suppose you're quite small. I am. But he's, he's smaller than me. He's very small. small. I mean, you've he? worked with Martin Short. How, how small is he? How small are you? How small am I? How small is everybody? I'm five foot six. And he's Can, smaller than you? Yes. Karen, how tall are you? I'm a little over five one. Oh, so really he might be short. he I might be like my height. Oh, between us. Four. Okay. okay. Wow. He's got some hair height. Yeah, he does love to stretch the hair. Yeah. Especially in the Santa Claus three where he plays yeah. fucking Jack Frost with icicle hair. But but Karen, look, I I hope the two of you meet and are able to form a happy life together. Thank you. Don't don't watch that movie. Okay. I Not a good won't. movie. No. If you're going to do a shortathon, okay. last on the list. Now, have you seen Clifford? I was just no. going to ask. Okay. I've, now, that's a movie you definitely need. Live required. action Clifford the Big Red Dog? Not no. that no. one. No? Okay. Clifford the Little Boy. <laughs> I really thought that's what you were talking about. Little Rapscallion. About. Clifford oh. is a film that we have covered on this podcast. Ben's favorite movie. It's one of. It's not the, it's but top, one of. Top, top, top tier. In which Martin Short plays a 10-year-old boy. How old is he supposed to be? Like yeah. Eight? yeah, 10-year-old yeah. boy. Uh-huh. But as a grown-up Martin Short, and it's not acknowledged in the film that like a grown-up man is playing a 10-year-old Drives boy. Drives his uncle crazy. Great. As you can see by the fact that Charles Grodin is holding his head and going, this kid's oh. driving me crazy. Yes, okay, excellent. No no dogs. Just his name is Clifford. Mm. No is dogs. there a dog in the film? Probably okay. not. No. Obviously, Gordon ends up in the dog house with Beethoven later in right. life. Right. Okay. Yes. You know Beethoven. Yeah, the dog. <laughs> Clifford was kind of a dry run for Beethoven okay. in in terms of the Grodin filmography, right? Uh, as, as far as him interacting with kids and being a grouch, <laughs> and look, chaotic and, and creatures, yeah. looking yeah. like this on a poster. <laughs> like Jeez, just, yeah, exactly. Always looking like that. Yeah. Um. But check it out. Okay, I will. I will. Yeah. That was the box office. We're done. Yeah, that's the box office. Uh, Karen, thank you so much for coming on. People should follow. Well, well, you're on strike right now from your writing jobs. Yes, so sad. Um, Maybe the strike will be over by the time this episode comes out. When does it come out? Comes out August 6th. I don't know if the strike will be over. (laughs) Neither. God, I hope so. It would be nice if it ended in July with triumphant uh, gains for the writers, obviously. if, If Sully was a strike happen. They would, he would have done it. Or Aaron Eckhart. That's a better version of that joke. Okay. Karen, anything you want to plug? Yeah. Um. No. Cool. No? Cool. <laughs> Easy. What should I... Uh, I should plug... Um. Uh. Get a Costco membership. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I love Costco. Ben and I have been trying to plan a Costco run. Costco is my favorite place in the world. Yeah. Do you go to the Brooklyn Costco? Listen, I've never been to a Costco in New York before. I was just thinking of my childhood Costco. Well, Karen, if you, you know, I have a yes! car. If you Wait, want to go to a Costco, because I've never trip. been to a Costco. David, you have never offered to drive me to a Costco. <laughs> That's well, because 
I see plenty of you. <laughs> Friends for 10 years. It's my favorite place in the well, world. You used to like live next to Costco, I to for, the one uptown. Yes. I, for a number of years, moved uh, specifically to be two blocks away from Costco, walking distance from Costco. That's so, the dream. So I could hand cart my way back and forth rather oh. than needing to have a friend with a car. Or get wow. a cab or whatever. Yeah. I guess it'd be pretty annoying to be like hail a cab and then be like this pallet of water is going in your car yes, right? yes it is in fact annoying i've been in that position before <laughs> uh well yeah big plugs to costco thank mm -hmm. you all for listening please remember to rate review and subscribe thank you to marie barty for our social media and helping to produce the show thank you to aj mckee and alex baron for our editing lay montgomery why am i not able to say that name now lane montgomery sure lane montgomery lane montgomery and the great american novel keep all of that in ben for our theme song jj birch for our research pat reynolds joe bowen for our artwork tune in next week for thirst uh next week is thirst we're getting thirsty on Maine. Thirst. Next week. Absolutely. Uh, you can go to blankcheckpod.com for links to some real nerdy shit, including our Patreon Blank Check special features where we do commentaries on film series. And we're now into the oceans, right? We're uh, swimming across those oceans. Of course, this is coming out in August when we are covering the oceans films. Yes. But also soon we will apparently be doing an episode on The Little Drummer Girl, Park Town oh, yes. Lux, uh TV miniseries. Yes. Which I'm excited to watch. Gotta start watching it. Yeah. Uh, you can do that and uh, as always reminder that, um, uh, that we've got free Patreon membership if you want to sign up uh, where, uh, episodes from three years ago again unlocked every ten days yep. and as always yeah. I'm a podcaster but that's okay Karen? Yeah, I think so. I don't have to do anything, right? No, you don't. No. Okay, great. You don't have to talk the whole time. I'm not going to talk at all. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> yeah.